100,000 years ago. It found its way into our galaxy. Trapped in the frozen wasteland of Antarctica. It could not escape. Now the men of Station 4 have made a monumental discovery. An alien creature had frozen, but not to death. And man... It isn't Benning! ...is the warmest place to hide. Not as good as the Rams, brother. I'll say that. But uh, no. <laughs> um, all right. Welcome to Movie Night Extravaganza. Um, there are five of us, which means you know, I think that you know, I know that I'm a human. I'm definitely <laughs> so. And, and I know that if all of us were, you know, you know, we're the thing. If if all four of you were, you guys would, you know, all just swarm me and attack me. So someone on the stream, <laughs> at least one person on the stream. Um, is the thing I'm not sure who it is, so I'll just introduce the uh, the panel, and uh, you can you can decide in the chat for yourself uh, who's who's the thing. We have you know Jay Andrew, flamethrower drunk uh, world, out here with his flamethrower, doing uh, you know artistry, um, drawing, graphic novels, uh, you know cover art for books, and maybe is he the thing? I don't know. But you know what? Like, have you ever seen a beautifully sculpted ice sculpture with a flamethrower and a guy six uh, into the uh, uh, twelve pack? Yeah, that's sure. right. Sure. Inscrutable <laughs> Andy World, everybody. <laughs> All right. Next, we have Conan, gasoline drink, neutron. You know, protonic uh, reversal. You know, Conan, neutron of the secret friends. It is Bandcamp Friday, by the way. So buy my right stuff. There. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> <laughs> buy other people's stuff too but mainly buy my stuff yes thank you very much Forrest. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here uh i'm very excited to have both renee and bonnie back uh this is a a rare treat and uh, it's always great to have you on and i'm very excited to discuss this very excellent film i'm kind so of I'm, I'm kind of suspicious that you're the uh that you're the thing I don't know. You're well, a little bit too friendly today. We 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 can talk about uh, me being team gasoline drink uh, later because that is a that is a real theory, but it's not it something is. to start the show with. We'll we'll talk about yeah. that later. <laughs> All right, we have Renee Rune. Uh, you know, movie reviews at the night shift, smells like girl podcast, and uh, Rune Agency coming live from uh, Australia tomorrow. Um, <laughs> time travel that doesn't mean One i'm the thing <laughs> i'm just has anyone gotten nuked yet I, i'm like you know did we survive no. the night no okay although so, i've been told that melbourne is the best place to live if there is a nuclear war because apparently we won't get the fallout so 
Welcome, guys. Come on. <laughs> my mom actually okay. told me that. My mom actually told me that today. She's been like doom scrolling the, the yeah. you know the news constantly, and she's like, "Well, we could go to Australia or New Zealand. Those are the two places that are like least likely to be affected by stuff." Yeah, um, apparently the. I don't want to. I don't know. Scientists have said that it's been going on for forever that the fallout won't reach us it'll hit the tip of tasmania maybe but everywhere else is we will be fine so uh, the tip. we're gonna take <laughs> over y'all if ever anything ever happens oh <laughs> feel bad for the world please do take us over we've been warning <laughs> that for a while yeah I think it would everybody would be okay with that at this point. Well, I'm not against like, it, not at all. <laughs> I should introduce, uh, you know, Bonnie Burton, uh, author, journalist, comedian, show host. She has appeared on a variety of web shows and podcasts and was the former senior editor and social media strategist for StarWars.com and the current writer and showrunner for uh, Hunt a Killer, which for a good um, uh, <laughs> couple couple weeks or something after having Not a sponsor, the last but time, maybe they should be. <laughs> I mean... I, I was getting the ads for it, and the ads were like dope. They were like, I, I don't know, I don't think I've ever seen. Well, I don't, I don't necessarily think I've seen like you know, game ads that often anyway, because it's not, uh, you know. So I guess I don't, I don't do that product surfing enough. But they were like real, like they were movie ads, pretty much. Oh yeah, we thought, take our, we take our murders very seriously. <laughs> I, I've only, I've as only you seen, should. I've only seen Sam Cedar do ads for it, so I'm gonna have to look this up. It sounds like yeah, fun. we watch a lot of the really popular true crime uh, podcasters and YouTubers like Bailey Syrian. Uh, they're affiliates, so they talk about it a lot. And then a lot of our, you know, millennial Gen X or, or I'm sorry, Gen Yers uh, booktubers. And then a lot of analog gamers, like, you know, RPG board gamers and uh, Dungeons yeah, and Dragons cool. and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, so we get a little play there, but we have we have some celebrity outreach, too. We have a lot of people that like to play our games. So I just uh, and I like to come up with really complicated murders for you to have to figure out. So uh, which makes it impossible for me to ever be able to kill anyone. Right. Because I in real <laughs> life, because I will be suspect number one, just based on my Google search history. Alone. Yeah, can you explain how you uh, found all these different ways to murder someone with food? Well, you oh, see, not food. Not food. yeah, there's a eat, lot of things. If you eat buy. the murder weapon, that, there's a yeah. lot of. Uh, I used to go down the I would go down the aisle of Costco or Target and point out all the different things that you can buy to build bombs, to make weapons, to kill someone with. So when that apocalypse happens, come find me and we'll do a Costco run. Yeah, I was gonna say let's let's talk after. I have some. Uh, I have... My team. My team. I want to play this. I want to play this game because I love murder, like solving murders. So I need to figure out. You need to send me some details on how to get into I will. this thing. I, yeah, you can uh, go to huntakiller.com, but also we have we're we're for sale like online and through Amazon, Target, Barnes and Noble, all those places. So everywhere you can buy a game but um yeah, yeah no, this, is not sponsored. this is not sponsored <laughs> i am just uh i'm just a writer for them but yeah it is fun writing elaborate murders but i have noticed that especially when i'm in research mode um if i'm uh, taking a lift or an uber i tend to only talk about that so i think <laughs> i've actually given a lot of uber 
and Lyft drivers uh, in LA specifically. A lot of good murder ideas. So I apologize in advance, anyone who's. I'm imagining you're gonna uh, say an advantage in the game, but that's even worse. So congratulations. and taxi driver when he's sitting in the back of the oh, yeah. taxi and he's like describing like how you'd kill someone to Travis Bickler. Well, I'm curious if my rating's gone up or down based on the conversations I've had with my drivers. So we'll see. <laughs> Probably just depends on the driver, I would imagine. And the, I know. And the, mood, the vibe and the in the the vibe going <laughs> going forward yeah. that day. Well it's more like when we find out what someone does for a living, like if they're a doctor or a cop or FBI agent or a mortician, I got questions. So oh, I got questions. Yeah. I got so many. Yeah. I went to a huge building recently and the guy was like, This was a morgue. I was like, show me everything. Yeah, show me everything. Yeah, show, show me the drainage pit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. Anyway, the thing. <laughs> yeah, I had, a, I, had, I had a Sam Cedar joke I was going to make, and I'm not going to make it. Uh, was like, that was like 20 minutes ago, bro. No, yeah. but no, <laughs> the thing we're asking about a cop, and never mind, never mind. There's, there's, uh, so I rewatched, I rewatched this movie <laughs> twice, and I watched the other The Thing that came out in 2011. That's the prequel. Yeah. The, the prequel thing, yeah. Prequel Which thing. I... I the reboot that's really a prequel, but they use so much of the same scenes and the same yeah. stuff that it's very much like, is this a shout out to the original or was this supposed to be a re reboot? And then they said, no, we can't do that. We can't reboot perfection. So we'll just make it a prequel. Which now, did you like it? Because I, really, I actually haven't watched it. and, and I, 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 I really liked it. I think I liked the prequel because it ties into at the very end, they're chasing yeah. the dog. It's right? the beginning of the of the movie, which yeah. is the beginning yeah. of the original thing that came out. Yeah. With why is this helicopter? Why is this guy in a helicopter shooting at a yeah. beautiful husky? And then you mm. find out later. But the cool thing I did find out in the uh, original the thing, not the original 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 from the fifties, right. the one from mm. the one we're talking about tonight, the eighty two version. Yeah, so the guy, you know, that speaks Norwegian at them saying, he's saying stuff, but there's no subtitles. He's basically saying, hey, that's not a dog. That's a creature pretending to be a dog, you idiots. Get out of the way. I need to kill it. And then they shoot him, thinking he's shooting some dog. Nice. And it's like, God damn yeah, it. Who would shoot <laughs> a dog? But also, exactly. if you're going to work up there, learn Norwegian. <laughs> learn the well, also, yeah. The 2011 oh, one, they give the two Nor Norwegian guys, uh, they give them names, right? Because in this one, they don't, they're just kind of known as the Norwegians and apparently. Or the yeah. Swedes, uh, according yeah. to uh, McCready. <laughs> yeah, and that does come up in the, uh, the prequel <laughs> of there's some like lost in translation issues with, and that just adds to the paranoia. So I, so I will say, even though some diehard thing fans, including I think Carpenter himself, do not mm -hmm. like the 2011 prequel. I liked it. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is the main character. She's one of I'm already characters. in. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Say no more. It's done. And uh, you know the the guy from Game of Thrones that was constantly hitting on Gwendolyn's character, the red beard guy. He's oh yeah. Oh that yeah. Good too. He's he's in um, and there's you know it's it's a Hollywood version of something, so it's got some stereotypical characters, but and the special effects. Sadly, they had a lot of practical effects, but because they had such a short deadline. They had to use CGI, and it's yes. not the greatest CGI. I mean, it's not like yeah. Kickstarter film CGI, but it's, you know, it would have been better with the practical effects that they already had ready to go. They just didn't have the yeah. time to film it all. So I will recommend it. I think it's on Amazon Prime right now if you want to watch it, but it's a good 
way to tie into the original thing, but the original thing, the 1980s thing with Kurt Russell, will always be the best one. I mean, I'll probably watch. I've watched a vast majority of those Resident Evil movies, which are almost objectively not. <laughs> well, great like movies. 20 of them. <laughs> yeah, and there's a thousand of them, is what it feels like. But but Guilty like as charged, <laughs> I know, right? And they're I just. I watch all of them. I watch all the Predator, Alien. Yep, same. Things. I watch all of them. I watch all the like, like what franchise has the most. Is it Texas Chainsaw or Friday Thirteenth or what has the most movies attached to the franchise? I think probably Friday the Thirteenth. Although Texas Chainsaw might be catching up real quickly. I mean, they just did a new t- Texas Chainsaw, which if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. I'm just going to do a quick plug for it. It's on Netflix right now. It's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where they murder influencers, social media influencers. Yeah, that's so, in the trailer, even. Yeah, so it's very. <laughs> I root for the. I don't root for the. The regular humans, like I, uh, the, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. The, I, I, the other, the townie and the actual monsters. But I'm always a monster rooter, so yeah, team monster for sure. So my, my, just if I can tag my derivation real quick, I just want to say that like the Resident Evil franchise is the perfect example of the just good enough sci-fi. Like it's good, yeah. but mostly it's just good enough. And yeah. like if, yeah. if you're like, I don't want to think too hard about something, it's like the, it's like Ocean's Eleven or something. I'm like cool, I don't have yeah. to like work Ocean's too hard at it. You know? Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. You know exactly how you know what's gonna happen. Like you can like count the be beach. Honest, I'm also but, one of those yeah. people that loves the animals in horror movies that turn into monsters. So yeah, again, oh, yeah. that's why I love the thing because I mean the dog, but also in Resident. Yeah, I just I didn't dog. like seeing all those dogs die because now I have a, a dog and it was the first thing. Well, I was really, yeah. the dogs reborn and stuff. So it's easy to not think <laughs> of them as dogs. Yeah, they're reborn as something a dog. Dog esque. Yeah. Way, clear, clear homage in Blade Three, which also feels a ca- uh, has a cameo yes. in Blade in it. Um, and yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for new, uh, new Blade. Deadpool like prequel. Blade. It's a Deadpool prequel, really. Mm-hmm. If you think about it that way, it's a different kind of movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I'll um, even watch the. Should we let Forrest now. have a show back now, or you? <laughs> no, I, I had a question. I had a question for Bonnie. Um, like as yeah. someone that that writes and that does like a lot of. I mean. Um, I don't know if you how much like screenwriting and stuff you've done on, on top lot. of it. Yeah. So, do you? But nothing think... to get me like a house in Malibu. Like I do script mm-hmm. doctor work, and then I've done so many spec scripts and original scripts that have made their way. I think like three or four times around Hollywood, but no one bites on them because they're just too weird. So, yeah. yeah. So, so I had a, I had a question about the newer version of the thing, like getting us back on track to that. Do you think that there's a difference between? I feel like when I see science fiction movies. Or horror movies too. It, it works for Texas Chainsaw Massacre as well. Sure. Um, uh, you know, it seems like the backstories of a lot of characters, right? When you when you get the first version of a movie, or you know, an, an earlier version of the movie, you don't really need a lot of backstory. Um, you don't really need like it's more terrifying. In fact, if there isn't really one, and you kind of get limited information about it, it seems like we're entering a phase of like you know movies where it's all about backstory. We're like, oh, I want to get into like the psychological, uh, you know. Like I, I, I'm surprised they haven't tried to make a thing where you're like, oh, let me get into the psyche of this, uh, this man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I feel like we over-explain, and and I'm wondering, like after reading that, because I didn't see the 2011 version of the thing, but like I, I'm wondering if, uh, you know, the fact that they like give these characters names now, and it seems like you need more information about them, and like, do you think that there's a difference in in the way that we uh, perceive movies? I think that come out now and the original kind of like you know, limited information is better because that is a kind of a theorized thing. Like 
you know, the less you see a monster, like kind of the scarier it is. Yeah, I think the less yeah. you see the monster is good. But right now I am seeing a trend. And I think this trend's been around for at least five years now, especially in horror and uh, sci-fi and even superhero movies, is that there's a lot of backstory coming up with characters because they want you to invest emotionally and care yeah. about them. So when they die, it matters. It makes you upset or makes you, you know, blah, blah, blah. But if you don't have their backstory, you don't know they've been abused. You don't know they've lost a, a family member. You don't know that they've gone through a war and maybe they have PTSD. So there's a lot of, uh, I think a lot of people are used to almost having backstory about, uh, explained a little bit about characters, unless unless it's a one-off. I think the reason that they do that is because they're hoping for sequels and prequels. Yeah. Uh, what what thing about one -off these days? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Even with, like, if you look at movies from the 70s, I mean, we did get a pretty decent backstory with, like, with Luke, you know, with Star Wars. We knew where he was coming from and stuff, but we were Star Wars, I, I'm not I'm not familiar with... with yeah, yeah, yeah. What is this? Star Wars. Wars. There's an interesting thing, though. Star like, with Alien, I will say with Alien, we didn't get any real backstory of any of the characters in Alien. But then when you get to Aliens, you're already invested, right? Because you care about Ripley. Whereas I think with The Thing... You don't want to know a lot about this background because the guys in the thing, all the characters in the thing are just supposed to be normal, regular, everyday Joes working at this, you know, they're, they're, they're scientists, but, you know, a lot of them are just normal dudes. Whereas the uh, prequel, they did give backstory because you're now in a new generation of film goers that want that backstory. Like, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that, that's, that's the that's the question that pretty much the crux of it, I think, is. Yeah, know. I think a backstory also helps for people because I don't know if you know this, but people back in the '80s had a different level of attention span than they do now. Ah. So. Sometimes things kind of are spoon fed to viewers uh, because they don't count on people paying attention every second of the film. So they want to like give you opportunity, many multiple opportunities to get to know the characters as opposed to being too vague, uh, which is unfortunate because I always think, and I think the best horror film directors and writers uh, know that their audiences are smart and they don't want to spoon feed. And I think the best yeah. movies are the ones that don't spoon feed you and you kind of have to pay attention. But I have been noticing that with mainstream movies more and more, there's a lot of exposition. There's a lot of like, okay, we're explaining this to you a lot because we think you're too stupid to follow along, which is yeah. unfortunate. I mean, well, look at, look at uh, George A. Romero, right? Like one of the greatest, I think, um, uh, horror directors of all time. Not only did he not spoon feed any of the information in any of those movies to you, I can't name, like, I've seen all of those movies multiple times. It, it's hard to, like, name any of the characters, right? Like, there's no yeah. emotional, I mean, there's, like, emotional tension between some of them, but that's not, that's never the point to his movies. And, and I, also I it's hard in movies, because yeah. you, you only have so much time to explain all the characters. It's not like a TV series where you have time mm -hmm. to, like, really, you know, explore those characters. So you have to figure out what's more important to you, the action, the monster, the story, or the characters, and there's a juggling. And... And the special effects too, like that go along with everything and the world building. So you yeah, that was kind of going to be my other question. That was kind of going to be my other question to you. Is it is it that we've had so much kind of TV at this point uh, that kind of give us these long drawn out storylines between all these characters? Is that like is that part of the reason that we kind of assume it could that be, or it could be a lot of things are based on comic books or books that already exist, and so they want to appease the fans, so they're mm -hmm. going to put a lot of stuff in there, but. When you have a brand new original thing that's not a remake, that's not based on an existing franchise and fandom, 
then you get to make more risks, I think, and have some more experimentation with filmmaking. Whereas now, I mean, I love, like, don't get me wrong. I said earlier, I will watch any sequel, any prequel to any horror film because I'm a horror film buff Mm -hmm. through. I even watch the crappiest found footage stuff, the stuff that looks like (laughs) their high school film projects that end up on Amazon Prime for some reason. Like, I watch all of that stuff. But it's I all do. of Jeff Bezos' 150 kids. They're all making found footage. I, I watch a lot of YouTube uh, channels that have full movies that are clearly Kickstarter movies, which is nothing against Kickstarter movies. It's just right. you can the budget with certain horror films. Mm-hmm. I think it doesn't really matter because we proved, I mean, that proved with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which had a very tiny budget that you can make an amazing horror film on next to nothing. But I will say the latest Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I was just like, okay, this is what happens when you have too much money and you have too many movies that already exist in this world yeah. and you're trying to be funny. And is it, is it what, what I got, what I got the feeling of, and this is weird. That they did this. Like it's actually incredibly weird that they did this, but it seems like the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre is kind of playing off of the Halloween. Um, reboot, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I oh, yeah. But, but the thing is that the woman who starred in the original Ch- Texas Main Chainsaw Massacre is dead. So they had to uh, recast her. There is so, her, so many plot holes in that new Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> yeah. Is that an Australian actress? Renee, is like, that an Australian actress that they had replaced the original last girl? I, be- I think so, yeah. I remember yeah. yeah, that lady. But, yeah, I, I struggled to watch that show. Yeah, it was hard. It was <laughs> so many things in there that, like, do not no spoilers, but there are things in that show, like that film. Um, don't tell me if there are any chainsaws. There's chainsaws. That's the joke. Yeah. My housemate said, but you're a purist. So that's why yeah. I didn't. Yeah. No, you yeah. have taste. Like, that's the difference. Because because people, because there's like, and, and look, I, like there's, there's room right, for well, everyone and they're little. This was set on fire so it can't exist anymore that person yeah. is dead where's the fucking family the whole family brood just died well, and they, they have to just like make the so well, well, at the very end i think they did a marvel thing where they had an extra bit at the very end after they the did yeah to set it up for i mean time. i don't want to spoil it for you but he does not get killed <laughs> clearly <laughs> i mean clearly because they want a sequel so yeah he doesn't get defeated but they do show the house in the background so clearly they're yeah. going to do a sequel. Of They're going to do something, yeah. Well, I would it was say a very like, short film, too. It was like 80 minutes or something. It was quite yeah. short. Uh, I mean, it's very visually pleasing. I will say that. Like, I do love the cinematography in the new Texas Chainsaw. Mm. But it's like, it's thing, I, really, I really love the new thing for its cinematography and for some of the story points. So, but again, I love the original thing movie because it's so oh, good. Yeah. It's we should so talk fun. about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. One so, of the things so we're we're right we're right where I wanted to start this conversation at um, 25 minutes ago. But, yeah, half an hour later. Um, no, so so I I kind of was leading into uh, something with this conversation. Um, so not only is the thing based on a short story, which I I, I haven't read, but the you know it, it seems like from everything, yeah, it's a very it's a pretty faithful adaptation of. A, an older short story that had already been turned into uh, a film in the 50s, right? Yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. the, so I have John Carpenter uh, talking about that, that process. And this is where I wanted to, cause I always like starting with this kind of like 
quite okay, a bit. Let's hear, um, let's hear, let's and hear it's Carpenter, who uh, is cr- practically uh, you know one of the elder gods and goddesses of this show. So yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this I, I mean he's he's, he's, pretty much, he's pretty much a member, right? Yeah, he's pretty much he's coming on next week. <laughs> <laughs> the John Carpenter podcast. Smoke some weed, play some video games, you know, like he does. <laughs> The original film, uh, The Thing from Another World, was made in 1951 and remains one of my favorite movies. It's a great uh, science fiction horror film. It was uh, at least co-directed by Howard Hawks, one of my favorite directors. And it's uh, got some of the greatest scare moments, early scare moments in science fiction movies of the 50s. And uh, I was offered The Thing to remake The Thing at Universal in 1981 and i thought long and hard about it because i didn't want to compete with uh the old film which was i greatly loved by myself many fans so i went back to the novella upon which the uh, both films are based who goes there by donald stewart otherwise known as john campbell and it's a vastly different story so i thought if we just ignore the first movie and ignore sort of the uh, the science fiction tropes of the time and it's the dated nature of it uh, and go for a, a more literal reading of the novella, I thought we'd be in better shape. In terms of scripting the film, I hired a, a young writer named Bill Lancaster. He had done uh, The Bad News Bear several years earlier. I was very impressed with him. And he had a great take on the material and they came up with some ideas um, for some great sequences, but as originally written, the monster was not delineated in the movie. There's this cliche about it's always better never to show the face of the devil, never show the monster, always suggest it. And uh, I was struggling with that until uh, I came on uh, Rob Bottin who did the special effects. And he suggested the kind of secret of the movie, which was uh, the thing can look like anything. It doesn't have to look like one creature. It could look like every life form it's imitated throughout the universe because it's been on travels, on its travels for a long, long time. So it was a chance to create a monster that was design-based and based on the movement we can give it and based on some really crazy kind of offbeat ideas. I don't know that there's been a monster done like this. The Robo team convinced me and that's the way we went. That's the way uh, uh, he wants it. <laughs> I gotta say, I just I, love that guy. He's great. Yeah, I do too. Andy, I want to hear, what, what was your question? Sorry, I you you had a question that you didn't get to ask and, and I- Oh, I, oh. Uh, Not I, the whole time we got, folks. Yeah, before, before, <laughs> we, before I do that, I just wanted to address one thing about the video of the guy who wrote the original short story is a fascist and a horrible person. Um, but there's an award named after him that they give away at Baltimore, uh, science fiction convention. He's also Andy's um, grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, my grandfather's racist too, but he's, uh, you know, doesn't have any awards named after him. Doesn't have any awards named after him. So fuck him. Just a baseball field. <laughs> I'm trying to curse um, him on that show, but I feel good about that one. <laughs> anyways, uh, I mean, uh, you know, uh, but, but, um, uh, the, the other thing too is uh, Rob Bottom, the guy who did the uh, special effects, also did Robocop. And I just recently learned, I didn't know this until very recently, he played uh, Pete Buttigieg and uh, Rock and Roll High School. Yeah. And uh, he, did, he also uh, worked on The Howling. 
Yeah. Yes. Well, I will say what's most exciting about this special, the guy who did the special effects for the thing, he was only 22. Yeah. Like, That's 22. Like they tried bonkers. to get Rick Baker because everyone tries to get Rick Baker for movies, right? Yeah. Yeah. He had too busy of a schedule. So John Carpenter got this kid who was just like, let's do everything. And he was just like learning on the job. And I mean, obviously, uh, was it Stan Winston worked on the, the dog, the actual dog creation, but everything else this kid did. And I was like 22 years old and you're given like, but here's the thing. They only had like, what was it? $10 million of budget, which was like next to nothing. So it was mm. like for the entire movie. I mean, that's for salaries. That's for shooting on location in Juno. And they're and shooting in, in multiple countries. Like they're during shooting in multiple summer. countries, but then they're also having to rent out uh, studios in LA and freeze them. So the inside scenes look like they're coming from somewhere in the middle of nowhere. And just the level of like how, how you make a movie back then, 10 million doesn't sound, I mean, that's, that's not a lot. And they went over budget, I think $250,000 just in special effects because of what they were trying to do. So it was just a lot. Universal just didn't give them much money. Well, we, sadly, were, we were talking about, uh, we were talking about putting that amount of money in context when we talked about ran, um, yeah. the other day on, on this is revolution, the Kurosawa movie that was 19 million for a three hour, like yeah. old yeah. medieval Japanese epic. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. so 10 million is, I mean, you know, just putting that kind of in context for what this costs, because this, this is, I mean, this isn't that, you know what I mean? Like not, I'm not like not degrading it by saying that, but just like, this is, yeah. you know, it, it is the cast is big, but like kind of small at the same time. Right. Like it's not well, like, they were, oh, yeah, yeah. was not the first choice at all. Like they wanted, they actually wanted Jeff Bridges, which is kind of hard to envision. Jeff wow. Bridges. He looks so a lot. Wanted, he kind of looks like Kurt Russell, though. Yeah, but he does. Yeah. Nick Nolte was the other one that they tried to cast, which is not no, no, anything no, no, like. Uh, yeah. And then oh, also. Oh, man, this thing is all over the damn place. Also, <laughs> no, I, like, I, like, I like the idea of someone accusing someone of being the thing and fucking Jeff Bridges going, like, that's just your opinion, man. <laughs> I like the guilty thing, like uh, you know, looking all disheveled and just annoyed yeah. at everything. This you know, corpse like, really uh... ties the room together. Yeah, that's yeah. not. That's not well, I'm glad that they went with beautiful Kurt Russell. Yeah, became one well, of my just... early older men crushes very quickly. Oh yeah, yeah, say. yeah. But and I already had a crush on Goldie Horn. The, so, screen, the screenwriter. You and Bobby uh, Wine. Wait, 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 wait. Just let me finish. So one little tidbit I'll, I'll say what, what, right now is the screenwriter envisioned Harrison Ford in that character. So Harrison Ford, too. There's wow. another one. You know what? Huh. That. Good. This is. Remember, remember when we were going to do this bit? Didn't we do What, what did we do it? We did it for uh, They Live. Yeah, I was just right? thinking we, about that. We did it for. We should uh, really follow that up on. It's a great. This is fascinating. We I did it this. for. What was it? Dark, no, it was it was Labyrinth, right? That's what we did. It for we did they live for a couple of them. Yeah, for a couple of them. But but yeah, it, it's a it's a good bit. I like it. It, it, it sparks the imagination. Well, it's, it's interesting to see what big studios who they thought would sell a movie. Right, exactly. Yeah. And in some cases, oh. it was like no, like yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger and they live. No, are you? No, stop. <laughs> but but no. Harrison Ford in the thing would have been but a Harrison Ford in the thing would have been awesome. like would have worked. You know, yeah, it would have worked. It would have worked. And I think it would have been, and, and it would have been a different, uh, a little bit of a different character than than uh, yeah, because uh, I just don't see uh, Harrison Ford pouring ice down a computer. 
going. Do we do we trust? Wait, do we trust? Do we trust Bonnie's opinion on on putting Harrison Ford in this because she's been paid off by Big Star Wars? Um, no, not even that. I mean, I know it's shocking. I I, do, I love Harrison just, Ford, but I, mean, I, I worked at, I worked at Lucasfilm for ten years. But I'll tell you, my favorite Harrison Ford movie is Blade Runner. Not has nothing to do with Star Wars. I'm all about Blade yeah. Runner. So yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I, think, I think Harrison Ford would have definitely worked in this. I was just in the conversation. To, Who's good in that? Yeah. we just it. talked about. I was. I was. If this was a smaller panel, I would have brought it up already because I was going to bring it up because we covered it. Actually, wait, I guess that was a This is Revolution crossover episode. But yeah, what a great role. They expanded the universe, role. different universe. I know. We have a whole <laughs> we have a whole literal cinematic universe of discussing. I mean, it is fascinating to look at these iconic classic horror films and think they almost didn't get that cast. It was gonna be yeah. a totally different cast across the board. It wasn't just mm. uh yeah. Russell. They were wanting well, I like a lot of, I like a lot of the actual, you know, a lot of the, the secondary characters. A lot of the yeah, actors. Wolf they Great, yeah. That's right. I mean, you don't see Wilford Brimley in it in a role like that very often. I mean, he did do some unusual stuff, including the Star Wars. Yeah, how old was he in this? Like nineteen or something? Like it's. Yeah, (laughs) even like the older guys. Like I love Donald Moffat and like Richard Masur. Like those guys were like classic dudes. No, no, uh, no, no, Dreyfus. No, there's a (laughs) Dreyfus in the movie. I'm just blanking on his first name. He was on L.A. Law too. You know, uh, he's uh, I can't remember which character. Oh, Richard Dysart? That's they it, Dysart. Richard Dysart. They're... They wanted uh, Donald Pleasance in that in that cast too, and didn't get him. And that would have been interesting because he's such a he's such a different kind of character actor. I can't possibly imagine him in this, but you know, he had. You no, know, you know the story of him on uh, Halloween, right? Like they paid him a, a way more money than, than everybody. Yeah. I think they paid him a lot on the one episode of Columbo that he did too. Like he was definitely a high, high one of the highest paid character actors in a lot of. Yeah, stuff. and he's great. He's great in like yeah. everything. Else. But there, there's this really, there's this really funny meme that he does the speech from Halloween where he's like, "I knew it." Like he does the entire Michael Myers speech, and then you like it cuts to like a Wendy's, and they're like, "Sir, this is a Wendy's." Can I just say, oh, go, Ken, Ken, go. Oh, I, what, what this, I guess, is you, you, if you want to have something on that, go ahead. Uh, the Wendy's, I mean, when I when I say something on that, no, uh, oh, I just want to see that the title effects are also kind of an homage to the original one, like the burning and trash tag in front of the uh, fishbowl. It's how they did that, it's super fascinating. The aquarium, so they put the aquarium, it's a smoky it's not a, aquarium, it's not a right? G-Jack reference. Just kidding. But it was over. They put a garbage bag over it. And yeah, so and they and they very and old school. It's super old school practical effects all the way. Uh, like it's an animation cell that has the thing written on mm-hmm. it in that script, which is the same sort of script. And then it's like a smoke filled like fish tank aquarium, whatever the hell you yep. want to call it. Yep. And then it's covered with a garbage bag, and they light the garbage bag on fire. On fire. And neat. Yeah, awesome. Probably smelled terrible, but looks awesome. I mean, <laughs> when you think about all the ways they did practical effects back then, it was a lot of kitchen experiments that you would have to have a lot of fire extinguishers on hand. Just right, like, exactly. <laughs> you just have a fire extinguisher caddy around. Yeah. Just like, that's, well, you look what does at, that guy look, do? He just at, has a fire uh, extinguisher. I mean, at, also, I don't know, so I don't know why I'm blanking on his name, but the guy that did a lot of the practical effects for uh, all the George A. Romero movies, not to reference, not to reference that again, I guess, that was also in um, *Dust Till Dawn*. Sex uh, scene. Um, <laughs> Andy. So, so. God damn it! Uh, 
Tom Savini. I swear to you folks, what I wanted to say was John Stamos, and I have no idea why. I'm wow. like, it certainly was not John Stamos. <laughs> There's no talk house. about Miss I was closer it's a, it's to full house over there at the uh sort of look alike. No, but like you look at a guy like that, that guy is nuts, right? Like that guy is out of his fucking mind. And that's why like the artistry that he does on all of those movies works so well. And like Savini, so what, you're talking what, about or John Stamos? I was gonna say John yes. Stamos is out of his mind too. If you ever have Australian interview and you will <laughs> have your mind blown. He came to Australia high high as a kite on Coke, did an interview on a morning show. It's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. I watched it live at the time and it's insanity. Fantastic. I love it. And they have to actually like grab him and they're trying to like make him leave the set. It's the best thing I've ever seen. Like, no, no, I host well, the show now. <laughs> I, I'm just going to uh, do a quick like little, show. I'm, I want to do a quick little shout out to the music of this movie uh, because it was done by uh, Marconi. Yeah, who did the uh, who did the most epic uh, ecstasy of gold? Like the most epic fucking. He did so many music. More. Yeah. He did a lot of like spaghetti western type music, but he just his music yeah. is so great. But here's the thing. Um, uh, and it's ironic because John Carpenter does a lot of the music for his own movies. So the fact yeah. that this is a different composer, but the music they didn't use for the thing they used for Hateful Eight. And it ended mm -hmm. up giving him more notoriety. And I'm sure that was not like by chance. I know Tarantino really wanted to give him more in the spotlight. And he yeah. ended up getting a honorary Oscar for his music. So in a way, the thing is an Oscar winning movie. Okay, so so I need to I need I like to that. bring this up because Just Just right before right before we went on right like twenty minutes before we went on, uh, I texted this theory that I have that pretty much the, the hateful eight is the pretty I'll, much I'll vouch for it. I'll swear in a court of law. So I was saying uh, number one, hateful eight obviously is eight people trapped in an ice storm, much like the thing is twelve people trapped okay, in an ice storm okay. towards the end of it. Right, I mean, Kurt Russell is obviously stars in both. Yeah, um, yeah. And he's constantly talking about how he can't trust anyone. He has a whole scene with Samuel L. Jackson in Hateful Eight where he re realizes that the Lincoln letter is, is fake. And it sounds like I'm doing a conspiracy theory thing, but it's not. <laughs> but no, so like Samuel L. Jackson is kind of his version of Childs, I think, in the uh, in in, sure. in Hateful Eight. Yeah, well, I mean, and Childs did have the Lincoln letter too. Yeah. <laughs> so no, so I mean, not to get too ancient on you, but it also derived some elements from Agatha Christie's and then, and then there was none, which is very much a paranoia. We're trapped on an island. People are dropping like flies. We don't know who the killer is. It could be any one of us. It's that kind of premise of old school murder mystery. Yeah. yeah. You're just throwing an alien in the mix. Yeah. There's uh, a werewolf version of it. Uh, actually, two, because the Howling Six, I think it was. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a trope <laughs> now. I mean, obviously, a it's a trope that's used constantly in horror is who is the killer, right? But... Uh, could it be an alien taking over you, like a parasitic alien, like who, blah, 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 blah. That's like a, that's, it feels like it's been troped to death. But here's a trope that I just wanted to bring up. How many aliens are there trapped in ice right now? Because how many <laughs> horror movies are based on, yeah. hey, there's a ship in some ice. Hey, there's some aliens over there in ice. But, I mean, all of Antarctica's got to be just alien palooza. <laughs> Not to that, Alaska, well, then, it, it, it corresponds. It corresponds to what's right? actually happening then, with climate, with climate change, that. right? We get <laughs> we get some pretty constant reports about climate change that um, viruses are coming out of permafrost. 
and yeah. things like viruses. So, the, 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 <laughs> the China virus coming out I of the no, no for like fringe episode was a friend of show Xander Berkeley was in that <laughs> episode of the X Files. Yeah, there's it's a, yeah. It's a fun shout out trope. to Xander Berkeley. It's the only thing that makes me excited for climate change is how many aliens are going to get to this. <laughs> yeah, they they used it in that okay. Tomorrow War movie with Chris Future Pratt, War, too. Future yeah. War, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was called Tomorrow War. Is it Tomorrow War or Future War? Oh, tomorrow. Yeah. Literally, no one, including me, cares. So it's okay. No, no, no. I just watched it. I just watched it. It was Tomorrow it's War. Fine. It's fine. I mean, it's, Future War yeah. is bad. But in in real life, in real life, they've pretty within the last few years, they've found both bubonic plague left in uh, permafrost in the Antarctic, at, at, like to some or well, I, actually, that's in the Arctic, I think. But like there, there yeah. was. They found they found bubonic plague, which is supposedly eradicated. They found, they found it. They found it, and yeah, then they also they, found they a bunch of Neanderthal stuff and mummy. Yeah, and some mummified, mummified stuff and some dinosaur. Some, some mighty mighty Boston's cassettes. It's crazy what you find. <laughs> so, what, so, so what I'm saying is, like, as yeah. as climate apocalypse has kind of taken over a lot of horror movies, right? Like as a theme, like sure. that definitely the thing is a movie that would 100 percent kind of fall into a very similar. Now I'm gonna say thing, but like that. Trope. It's hard not to. It's really hard not to, right? Yeah, you follow. <laughs> it yeah, it's also fun to see it's newer stuff. movies that um other countries are doing, like Super Deep, which is a Russian movie that's based in the '80s. It's on Hulu, I believe. Boycott it! Boycott it! It's yeah, Russia. We canceled all. We canceled all Russian movies. <laughs> We've done just as many atrocities, so let's not I pretend. Know. It's it's so stupid. Like like uh, it's when they took the the Disney just... movie off this earlier this week. Anastasia. I do not want to bring this into regular politics or no, 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 no. we're not. Don't worry about it. I uh, I jumped I jumped out my entire wine cellar of vodka. I'm not. I don't do real life shit, so this is only going to be horror, or I'm out. That's fine. That's fine. That, are, are you a joke? I'm from. I can't believe I made this reference back to back. Are you kind of uh, Ahmed from uh, Community? You know, you know, community. He's only able to uh, talk about. No, it's just. I'm no, I'm, I'm completely all kidding you. about that. I'm no, older than all of you, and I'm tired that. of how <laughs> politics repeating itself. And quite honestly, history just repeats itself constantly. And I just don't want to talk about reality right now because we're never going to get away from it. So yeah. I'd rather talk about aliens being in the ice, which is sort of reality because that does. There's stuff in There's ice that we don't know about, but I just. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be salty. I'm just. I don't want to deal with real life right now. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't either. Sorry. I, I, real life is so I, much more horrifying, and I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with real reality. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I could deal with. I could deal with one alien right now. Like, I can deal with the whole alien invasion. I've been waiting for an alien invasion for a long time. <laughs> I like if they just came down and got us now and make my yeah, yeah. just put it over just with. Well, you're closer to Antarctica, but, so you know goodbye Australia. <laughs> I'm okay with being a things now. I'm okay with being. Maybe alien. we are aliens over here. Yeah, I that. Yeah, video no, go ahead, Renee. That you played um, before. Um, oh yeah, I remember that. There's two, yeah, there's two things I was gonna say. Speaking like, of history, <laughs> yeah, speaking of yes. So history that we just watched just a second ago. Um, two things I wanted to say was one that the um, in the film, the 1982 film, um, John Carpenter made the different. He made the choice to make the ending completely different to the book, as oh. well. 
because the book does not end the same. The book ends right. kind of, um, you know, there's birds flying and essentially they're going to go spread it and all that kind of thing. Um, and also the other second thing I was going to say, the tidbit, is that, you know, the scene where they're watching the clip of the Norwegians, that's actually John Carpenter in in it, pretending to oh, be the I Norwegian. Love it. I love oh, that's yeah. awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, so I, that's when they're watching that video, it's actually John Carpenter himself. There's also playing. three other endings to the original thing, the 1980s thing. Yeah. That that uh, because uh, the only reason that we get the that obscure ending at the end, which is by the way the last line of the film, Kurt Russell ad libbed. It wasn't in the script. He's like, let's just mm. wait a few minutes and see what happens. That was ad lib. But I will say that uh, the cool thing about this movie is that it ends on such a nihilistic moment. And the uh, studio, the only reason they agreed to it is if they put in a sound of the alien screaming so it is so you assume he just got destroyed in the explosion but you don't know for sure but they shot yeah. like three other endings where uh you know uh, the main character gets out and he's okay uh the other character is the one that survives and that they both survive so there's there's other endings that were shot that were never released. I don't know if they're on the DVD or not, but that was it's the same screech also it feels like as uh it's the same screech. It also feels like as um, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which is another really? movie. I, well, no, it feels it feels like like oh, it there's feels scene. Like the, I, the, I don't the, think the it's the exact that, yeah. but I'm saying like it's, they do the same thing in this, right? Where the guy's transformed, and right. you hear the, and you hear like the this. I can't do the screech. I was going to guttural like. Yeah. It's one of one of the best last scenes in cinema, which I brought up when we did that. Yeah, episode. they just hang yeah. out, wait for the shit to end. It's very nihilistic. It's like, oh my god, crazy. Yeah, but here's the thing too: the movie did not do well in the box office, and the critics hated it. Yeah, I remember. Was, um, you know why? It's because mm -hmm. E.T. came out two weeks beforehand, and everyone right. wanted a family-friendly, happy alien movie, and then this comes out. It's like a Carl Young nihilistic. Yeah, my, my, uh, when it, the movie came out, my uh, my dad went to go see the thing, and uh, my mom and sister and myself we saw Fox and the Hound because that was in the theater. <laughs> Fox yeah, and the Hound. I forgot about Fox, Fox and the, the Hound, and then he went to go see the thing. Yeah, yeah. My, my dad feature. was seeing the thing while we we're watching Fox and the oh, Hound. Oh, actually, hey, has, they, has anyone really looked at that Hound lately? Anyway, I've actually know, thought about the related. Fox and the Hound quite a bit. By the way, I did not mean to say Carl Young. I meant to say Nietzsche. That's what I was trying to say. Nietzsche? Nietzsche. I don't know how to pronounce it. Whatever. Yeah, don't worry. I, I you're, on a show with, you're on a show with an Australian and we say everything wrong. So. Okay. <laughs> but like, you just say you whatever you want. However you feel like saying stuff, just say it. Whatever you say, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. I want to get to the bad uh, reception of it. I did yeah. have uh, this Man, is a, this is a clip on the special effects. I do kind of have I have stuff I have stuff somewhat numbered out. Like oh, okay, sorry. You'll be lucky to get number three. Let's put it that way. I'm so sorry. No, so this is this is on the special effects before we moved away from it. And I, okay. I feel like this is something that we're going to talk about a lot. Um, I found a making of. Oh, yeah, thing. that's a good one. I've seen yeah. that. So what's our problem? The thing's not dead yet. Great. One of the reasons that I'm keeping photos of the thing secret is because it's of the nature of the thing. It's really impossible to photograph it because it's never any one thing at any one time. 
it's constantly changing so it has no original form therefore there is no real um, way to present it so I don't want anybody to take a picture of it I felt the original film uh, took the setting and the basic premise from uh, who goes there but I felt that the nature of the monster the idea of imitation and it being a chameleon was never uh, um, utilized in uh, the original film so I decided to make a version of that it was extremely difficult to find a location that looks like the South Pole that has, uh, you know, mountains and glaciers. In the beginning, I went to all through most of northern Canada, Greenland, Robesha Bay, you know, in the winter and checked all these things. And eventually I arrived here because uh, there was a hotel nearby, a road, and uh, the scenery was, you know, was quite pretty. This entire compound where most of the action in the film takes place was built on the Salmon Glacier during the summer of 1981. By the time the film was shot the following winter, nature had cooperated by blanketing the set with almost all the snow they needed. It is ironic that in the middle of the snowfall capital of the world, special effects man Roy Arbogast and his crew had to dump artificial snow in front of the wind machines for the blizzard effects. We look cold. Nobody, nobody in their right mind wears as much clothing. We do, we're in our right mind. Yes, because we were out here dressed like I dress at home, we'd be in big trouble. Big, big trouble. Buy a pledge rehearsal. And action. There's this creature uh, within that uh, really takes care of all the violence in the picture. There's not very much of it. It's really results. You really do see results. It's much more of a mind game, much more of a mind mind violence uh, in uh, what I would consider a real real ultra John Carpenter fashion. He really he really sets it up and, and then lets your imagination do a lot for you. Uh, you see a lot, but I think what your imagination comes up with is probably much scarier uh, than what you see. The entire film is a challenge because I'm dealing with 12 actors in a kind of group situation. I'm dealing with them. Uh, shooting uh, in very rough conditions in the snow, which is always very difficult, dealing with big effect scenes, big chase scenes, big explosions. It's just very complex. It's a study in contrast, really. Can I ask a quick question of all of you? Because I'm curious about what is your favorite scene in the movie as far as special effects seeing of the monster? Because the monster Ooh. does how it looks, the creature changes its look depending on every time it kills. So what is your favorite kill scene, I guess, or character scene, character reveal, creature I mean, reveal? I think, I think I, I'm going to speak for Andy and steal is because use it for the Outmart, but like the head with the, the, the legs, that's like oh, gonna say that. <laughs> nightmare fodder. Like that, that's like one of my, and every time I see it, I'm always like, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so I mean, that, that scene, that scene kind of has a bunch of different parts to it. I kind of, I feel like the most effective, in in my opinion, I mean, I you know, is when uh, the doctor plunges his hands into yes. the body to do the autopsy. Stomach. And one, is it the one with the uh, the heart? You know, when they have a heart attack, and it's the what do you call it? Filibic, 
Filibrator? Defibrillator. What was it again? Say it again, Bonnie. What, what was it? Defibrillator. When you get up in front of the Senate, really. When you get up in front of the Senate and you're like, "Hey, you guys can't pass this law." And yeah, then all I don't want black people goes, doing anything. Can we just talk about for a while? Yeah. Joe Manchin's head expands and a thing comes out of it. <laughs> With the defibrillator, yeah. I just like how they grabbed his hands and took it. And they actually used um, a double amputee as a stunt person for that scene. So with a fake arm. Good for, good for them. So the arms could just go into when the teeth clap down, the stomach and the yeah. teeth clap down on that. And it was... I, 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 like, I like hearing that. Uh, I like hearing that a that a disabled actor got work from that. Good. I mean. Yeah. Like, no. But also, that's genius in a way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. To make it more realistic looking, um, but also it's just there's so many great moments in this movie where you get the creature reveal and it looks different mm. every time, and also it just different. it's more more horrifying each time. I think. I don't know. That's mm. just. The, the one I was going to say as well that I really liked it, it's not as, I mean, obviously the original, like, first dog one, I shat myself when I first watched it. <laughs> I was so, like, not expecting that when the dog yeah. splits apart. And yeah. I was like, ah! But the other one that I thought found really kind of weirdly frightening, and I forget the character's name, is when um, they can't find one of the guys and he's outside and they find him and then he does that, like, turns and looks at them and does that silent scream. Yeah, that's the that's the invasion of the body snatchers scream. That yeah, I was yeah. yeah. But his hand yeah. was all... His yeah, face was all... Weird. Yeah, and he does, and he does like... Ah, and it's just really, really unsettling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even though it's not super gory, but, like, it worked really well in setting that kind of, fuck, this thing can be, like, anything. Yeah. And, like, you know, like... Well, the thing, the thing about the... Uh, we're just going to keep saying the thing is the thing about <laughs> Another the thing uh, about the thing the is first that. scene right and, and i noticed this i noticed this on rewatch i didn't notice this the first time i watched it because you know obviously you watch it i watched it twice and you watch it the first time and you're like you know kind of just taking it all in have you only the Norwegian guy i've only watched it twice yeah oh ah. Wow. So I, th- I think I but, watched it last night. So the Norwegian night. guy gets out of the First helicopter. of all, how dare you? Second Sorry, that's kind of super judgy by all of us who are allowed to always. Yes, very poly- he's, he's He's young. We can't hold yeah, him. Typical millennial. It's a little bit of a weird thing. I've seen, I've seen You're seen not getting much. this show back for us. You, I've seen most I've seen most of I think I'm up to my 21st watch. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Finish your thought. Sorry, we were judgy. <laughs> no, judgy no, I've people. seen most scenes. I've seen most scenes so, in this okay, more, than, more than once. Okay, and, like you know what I mean. So I've seen good save bits and pieces of it, but like I, yeah. I've avoided seeing the entire thing as everyone's been like, "Oh, this is John Carpenter's best movie," which is the weird thing with a lot of movies. I think like people are like, "Oh, this is one of the best movies," and I'm, somehow I just don't end up seeing those. Yeah, movies. but now it is. It what it almost ruined his career. I yeah, mean, and, was, and, this is not. We're going to touch success, on that. Yeah. I have a clip for that where he talks oh, okay, about cool. his reaction. He had an hour five, but um, but uh, no. So I, I, I think that um, the the scene though at the beginning, what I noticed on the second rewatch is. What, the Norwegian guy gets out of the helicopter. The helicopter, like you know, crashes, and he's shooting at the dog. And yeah. when, when, uh, you know, I don't remember which, which, what the character's name is because you know it happens really fast. But uh, I don't remember if it's that Vance guy or whatever. But like he gets shot in the leg, 
Yeah. And uh, it's because the guy's trying to shoot at the dog. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit, like why are they? And and they mentioned it again. They're like, well, they were kind of trying to hunt a wolf from a, uh, you know, from the helicopter. And yeah. it, it's interesting that you know they they finally like they kill the guy really fast. Like they don't ask any questions. They're like, oh, Norwegian guy that's shooting. We're gonna assume he's shooting at us. Are we at war, war with Norway? Which is a really funny thing to think about. You know, with I mean, I'm not gonna reference real life, but you can you can imagine you can imagine being cut off from the rest of the world and being like, did we suddenly declare a war on like Norway? Is that is that yeah. why this guy is shooting at us? And then you watch it again, and you're like, oh no, he's like trying to kill the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and like yeah. I said earlier, he says in Norwegian the whole plot of the movie, which is like, hey, that's an alien, that's not a dog, get away from him, I'm trying to kill him, you idiots. If you were and if you were new Norwegian, you'd have the whole movie spoiled for you. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, thank goodness, be like, thank goodness, Americans are rarely bilingual. Yeah. I mean, but I will, mm. but you know, that was a conscious choice by by you know, don't put subtitles in, have it be. Well, what was he screaming about? Here's another thing to to take note on. There's also a bunch of notes. There's also a bunch of notes that are in Norwegian. That they're yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. we have all the notes, right, but nobody's right. reading them in English. And all you right. think like if it was today and they had like Google Translate in five Google, seconds. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, if it was today, yeah. it wouldn't be horror films to cell phone. But anyway, um, <laughs> but I will say that. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a different movie in the cell phone era. It yeah, yeah, exist. yeah. It is interesting with these characters, though. And this is something that we talked about very early on in, in the show about, you know, backstory and whether or not these characters are, you know, we want to believe about them, we want to care about them. Kurt Russell's character, Kurt Russell's character shoots a guy, like shoots one mm -hmm. of the team members instead of, you know, because he has the scalpel behind him and he's going to attack Kurt Russell's character, uh, Vance, and he just shoots the guy point blank. Shoots a bro. And, yeah. and it's like, oh shit, like there's no like judge jury. there's no like hey let's take a vote there's none no, of that. judge or jury there's but there's definitely an execution comment there's a mildly judgmental comment after the fact when his blood turns yeah. up and mildly. child is just like mildly. oh that was a human but no one ever mentioned yeah. it yeah. 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 he didn't even go I like my bad y'all i actually yeah. feel like that, that mccready has from the get-go you get a very strong feeling that he's like the moral compass and he's the guy who's the smart one. Everyone follows. Like, there's something about him that everyone just kind of Gravitates. accepts that he's kind of like this leader amongst them, and he's there to do the good work kind of thing. So I think, yeah, when he when he does that, there's yeah, they all just ignore it kind of thing. Yeah. Like, oh well, he must have been, you know, oops, he made a mistake. Well, but, if you, you know, look at the faces of all of them, though, that's when they're like, oh shit's real. Like now it's like, yeah, exactly. That's when they realize because they're like. Fuck, McCready killed a dude. Like McCready's a good dude, and he did it. Like wearing this is well, some shit. When, uh, uh, Wilford Brimley's character, when he destroys the lab, he destroys the radio. Yeah. The radio he destroys uh, all the vehicles. A uh, way to get off. Is he doing that because he's the creature, or is he doing that to keep the creature from escaping? Like you don't know because it's yeah, not really explained yeah. why he did that. If he's doing that to save everyone, uh, the rest of the planet, or if he's doing that to to basically isolate them because he's yeah. Because he so knows that it's going to take over and there's no way to stop it, therefore sacrifice exactly themselves. Exactly. The 2011 prequel pretty much copies a lot of the scenes, scene for scene. The only thing that it the does, yeah. The one thing that's slightly different is instead of the uh, the blood test, they look in the mouth because the alien can't have inorganic material. So they're looking for metal fillings in everyone's mouth because the yep. creature can't have metal. 
So that's how they do the test instead of a blood test. But it's so it's not as good as the blood test. The blood test was so creepy in the yeah, with, with the hanger and like oh, they put it down yeah. the petri dish and yeah, it's it like ah! it was yeah. gonna come up. I, I found that like hot, it makes you everybody like that like, paranoia yeah. that Bonnie was talking so about. It's so paranoid and claustrophobic mm. and scary, and you don't really yeah. know. Trust. And people are like, when some of the characters are very strongly opposing doing it, it's fucking with the audience in the sense, yeah. okay, is that because you're one? Or like, is it, you know, like all these different feelings about whether it's right or wrong to do that. And then, but hang on a minute, if you're not one, you shouldn't have an issue with doing it. So why are you doing it? Like, yeah, kind of, it's really mind-fucking for the Which, characters. The same argument audience. that people made for the Patriot Act, by the way. But, uh, Forrest, <laughs> since you've seen this the least of anyone, did you, uh, did was that, like, super intense first time that you saw it? Like, with that, that scene where they're, like, in the Petri dishes? I mean, you're on this show, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I wanted to. I wanted to put this on on screen for a second. How old were you when you saw the movie? For the first was yesterday years old. Yesterday years old, but no, I've I've seen I've seen a bunch of different. Oh, I've seen no, I've seen a bunch of different parts of it. I've never. No, everybody else. How old were you? Were you guys teenagers, kids when you first saw the thing, or did you? Yeah, I was. I saw when I was like seventeen, probably. Okay. Yeah, I was. I was a kid. I think yeah, it was around. I wanted to. I wanted to give you guys the. I wanted yeah. to give you guys the Kramer. What's going on in there? And I'm seeing one some, of us yeah. thing, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry. Jerry. You know I mean? uh, coming up with the memes. No, I this this got shared a bunch when they first first started doing this genre of memes. I just always liked that one. This meme yeah, genre. Yeah. What a world. Uh, it's a whole. Yeah, no, I think I, I was about, there are five hundred of them. I was trying to find one. I was trying to find the one for our Mother Custer's episode. And mm. I had to wade through 500 of them to oh. find the one for our Mother Custer's episode. I'm not even kidding. I sat there for 45 minutes on my phone looking through Reddit, like Reddit forums, and I couldn't we, find we, it. It's about as long as I've been trying to bring up this one point. That's meme yeoman's work is what that is. Thank you. Go ahead, Andrew. One of the things I love about this movie. you last time. This yeah, is, yeah. Not anyway, so. <laughs> I think Andy's the thing. <laughs> well, I seem to be have focus on like uh, some people here, but um, oh, we have focus. We're not going to let you talk right. anyway. Uh, so, anyway, no, no. Well, one of my favorite things about this movie, and, and this is you know kind of a bit of a screenwriting uh, question too, uh, because like you, you, I've only ever seen this uh, done uh, really in like the early seasons of The Walking Dead, uh, especially the first, like, like where like you know they walk the, the darabont era of yeah and yeah. like a little after i you know um, you know they're because he had some of his people still there at that point still you know but but anyways um <laughs> yeah, like they, they walk into a place so you can tell some shit you know crazy shit had gone down but that you don't actually know and uh one of the things i don't like about the 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 prequel is that at it, it you know kind of tells you all of that whereas like the story in your mind of seeing the the carnage and what's what's where and everything like that, I think is a lot more interesting. Yeah. Um, so, so what do you think about that as far as like, as a screenwriter, um, have you ever tried doing something like that for in one of your films that never yeah, got Yeah, as a matter of fact, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to get too into the weeds, but like when I write horror, um, even when I write like murder mystery stuff for Hunt a Killer, I don't want to get, I want to spoon feed everything. Like I want there to be a level of what happened before I got here, but I don't know. Like, it's like when you go into a room that's totally trashed, 
and you have to find clues, right, for a murder mystery, uh, you don't get to find out why is it trash? Like, why are certain things missing? Why are things broken? And I think with horror films, the less you explain things at the beginning, I think the creepier it is. And mm -hmm. when you show uh, that something bad, really bad has happened, like I love a horror film with blood splatter, but no body, <laughs> right? Where you're like, yeah. what the hell happened in this room? There's blood everywhere, but there's no corpse. What's going on? Like that to me is more horrifying than then seeing the corpse. You know, like I want to see- yeah. um, Well, the opposite things. of Ran. Yeah, I don't I don't want to come off as anti-corpse. That's not my agenda or policy. I'm pro-corpse and I vote. <laughs> but I will big, say I like corpse. I like what you're suggesting, which is and I think with story writing, that the less you explain, the creepier it can be. Um, I think David Lynch obviously is the king of that, but you show things that are so scary, but then your brain puts things together in a scarier way. And it is kind of like, don't show the monster because the monster in your brain is always going to be scarier. And sadly, uh, or not sadly, I mean, that was just a change in filmmaking and horror where you do show stuff, but how much do you show the monster? When do you show the monster? Do you show at the beginning or at the end or in the middle? Like it's all up to the horror writer and obviously the director in the end, but it just depends on what scares you more, the thought of something or actually being presented with something so gruesome that you didn't expect. Like this, there's this brings us this brings us to that's uh, where Carpenter like succeeds in this film. He knows exactly when to like he doesn't go over the top with too much showing of the thing, but he also like he peppers it in enough that it scares the shit out of you. And then it like ele like kind of accelerates your imagination on what can happen. Oh yeah. Imagination's always going to be better, but if you can get some surprises, like when, yeah. So, so like this, that, this cues up, this cues up, uh, yeah. this cues up a clip that I want to show. Okay, of course we'll, we'll attempt to play. Yes, uh, the, you know, in the <laughs> next, <laughs> the next five hours. No, so this this is a movie that obviously um, exemplifies this never-ending Twitch thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say he brought it up himself. He can't. That's why he can't complain about it. That's a never-ending Twitch stream. Never-ending Twitch stream. Yeah, we're not. We're not. We're not very. I don't think we're popular. I don't think we're popular on Twitch because I think I constantly shit on Twitch as a platform. People got very. Tell me what you stream. People got like our 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 good friend, our good friend who we are friends with. Uh, you know. Mike from PA, who's a big Twitch streamer, got upset with me the other day because I said someone that streams on YouTube was a Twitch streamer. And he was like, don't lump that person in with us. <laughs> and <laughs> can't possibly imagine how little anybody cares. Anyway, oh, we're gonna watch this well, no, but he cared and he was going to come on. And, remember, you know, remember real, no, so this is, so this video. is, I, I think that there is. Remember, certain, anyone remember Real Player? Wasn't there? Is a, uh, Let me go back to remember. that. That and MySpace and friends. I remember having a Mac. I remember having a Mac G3, and the only thing that it would have. <laughs> I still have it somewhere. It's in the shed. But the only thing I, I would do is uh, paperweight. Yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, a bunch of papers. You know, it's the conspiracy papers. But anyway, it's the Panama Papers. But um, the so this is there's a push and pull. I think to this whole conversation that we're having, which is, you know, how much of the monster do you show? Um, yeah. Special effects artists, like the practical effects stuff, which, I mean, I know I've mentioned him like 20 times on the show, but he's our sponsor, George A. Romero. 
Like, you know, no, like, you know, <laughs> all of those zombie movies are constantly throwing practical effects at you, which is awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. I love those movies. But that's a different kind of monster, I think, maybe than an alien movie. Yeah, there's different genres and, that work yeah. and lead themselves to having showing more. Yeah, like, there's, 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 a conventional, there's a conventional sense of screenwriting, which is, uh, by this point, I mean, um, like, the less you show the monster, maybe the more it works. And then there's the special effects people that are like, hey, why don't we just, you know, put a bunch of fake blood in a bucket and throw it on. You know what I mean? Like there's that. There's So this is interesting. That there are modern movie, examples. Look at, look at like Cloverfield. Cloverfield's a good movie because you don't like you see the monster in like passing. Like until like the, yeah. like, the very end. You don't end, halfway right? through the movie. You don't yeah. see halfway through the movie. And it's same with the original Godzilla. We don't get yep. to see the Godzilla monster till the movie's almost done. So there's it's also like, the uh, there's the Cloverfield sequel with John Goodman. That's the found footage one that I, I actually really like. That that, that movie is great. I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 I was gonna say another great one is Dream Dreamcatcher. Yeah, the Stephen King one. Like you don't really see it, but you're scared the whole way through. It's like a a feeling. Yeah, whereas well, in, so uh, this is so this is, I just, I wanted to before before we because we can have this conversation. Uh, you can keep going. Yeah, go. At the end of this, <laughs> it's your show. Oh, it's your show. You, yeah, gotta... you can cut us off anytime. You know you I can. Know, uh... You literally have the ability to mute everybody. Yeah, no, I've 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 become timid since the John Barber episode. Oh. John Barber was on your ass. He's oh, he's no. super busy talking trash about George Norrie of Coast to Coast right now. Oh, no. Conflict on the set was between the director of photography Dean Cundy and the special effects creator Rob Bottin. Rob Bottin had done the howling and had generally felt that all the, the monster stuff, all the creature, the thing emerging, should be done in complete silhouette or, or backlight or rim light. And Dean Cundy felt, well, if we're going to go down this route with this creature, let's bring it out in the light. Let's put a lab light right on it. Let's shine the light right on this creature and make it visible to us audience, we audience. This is a constant creative struggle. Um, the experience of making the movie was somewhat unpleasant in a number of ways. <clears throat> the first shooting that we did on the film was in the ice fields above Juneau, Alaska. This is essentially where all the weather begins in the United States. And we went up there for a couple of weeks and uh, it was pretty grim. It was pretty grim because uh, not so much that it was cold. It was actually warm, warmish weather. But the sun would beat down so hard on you. And if you had an overcast uh, layer of clouds, the light would bounce back and forth between snow and clouds. And I got completely fried. I, I fried up my skin on the thing. I think that's why I've had little reoccurrences of, of skin cancer ever since because of that experience. Then we moved down to uh, Los Angeles and we shot the interiors. And to get the idea of breath, uh, we refrigerated the stages down to about freezing. But actually, it was a little higher than that, 40, 40 degrees, maybe a little less. And you still had to push it. In other words, actors had to drink coffee and really sell, sell the breath idea. But it was nice. Uh, it gave a tactile sense to the sequences. And finally, after all this, we jumped up to Stewart, British Columbia. And uh, halfway up the mountain is a glacier upon which we built the Antarctic station. It was extremely grueling. 
and uh, debauched, which I won't go into now. And finally, uh, then there was the, the rest of the special effects shooting, the parts that we didn't do with the cast and crew. And that was equally painful in its own way. But uh, we finally finished it up and got her done. It's crazy that he like still has after effects to this day from it. That's kind of wild. It's also crazy to say debauched, which I won't go into right now. <laughs> I love that. It's like, yeah. can we please go into it another time, please? Yeah, yeah. Is that for the Patreons? Like, where? where yeah, is that yeah. Uh, John Carpenter, please come on, and we'll discuss that on our Patreon. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. That'll, that'll uh, be after uh, Ron Perty gets um, uh, Ro Peter Weller on. I almost said RoboCop. He is Peter Weller, but <laughs> anyway, <laughs> hi everybody. Same guy. Same guy. Uh, Same guy. <laughs> People are talking about it more and more. Before I forget, I just want to say John Carpenter actually did some of. Uh, and perform the main title music for Studio 666, which is Foo Fighters horror film that just came out. Uh, oh, Bonnie Burton, the Foo Fighters oh, advocate. John Carpenter. John Carpenter, not John Waters. John Carpenter. All right, let's do this. It's time for the Foo Fighters. That would Where's be amazing. Guy? I would I would watch that John Waters doing that. But now that I think about it, I would really love a John Waters <laughs> Carpenter movie crossover mashup. Yes. Yeah. I'm in. Let's get go. it together. Because I think a John Waters horror film. Cecil would... be really demented. This will be scary. Tyler Perry and John Waters coming at it together. I mean, if you think about it, Superman is a really good horror film that you know just takes your crime to another level. I'm just saying, I would watch a John Waters, John Carpenter, you know, team up. So, so I, I love, I love John Waters as a director, but I would love to see John Waters do a horror just on his own because it would be cool. I've always found it just really funny that I think um, because when I when I was like a kid, uh, I remember watching. Well, I watched Hairspray, but I remember watching Pink Flamingos, which I should not have been watching at that age. <laughs> How old were you? Remember, I'm curious. How old yeah. were you when you saw? I don't, wanna, I don't It was a week ago. <laughs> no, I was I was not a teenager yet. I don't think I had discovered. You, you were said a week ago. I had discovered. I discovered very very young that YouTube exists, and I don't know. Oh. But I've always been someone that's like very into drag as a uh, art. Love form. it. Yeah, it and, is. Form. And and so like I I liked Divine a lot. I I liked Divine at like a young age that I shouldn't have probably known who Divine was, and um, but but I think it's really funny that as a kid like I I got like caught watching John Waters movies and my mom was like don't ever <laughs> fucking watch John Waters movies they're like debaucherous like you know what I mean like something like that like I think that society I think society has like moved past John Waters being a shocking artist so it's well, only yeah, really now, that he's like on film kind of yeah he's like except for the people there like, no one else has ever and no one else has ever eaten a shit on film no one divine so actually remains the king of debauch. Like no I one mean, else yeah. has ever done human, that. Human centipede kind of did. Never mind. It was an actual dog shit. Like that is that to me. Human centipede like, can go get its shine box. Thank you. Like divine was dedicated <laughs> to the dedication, dedication to a film. Is Sorry, the egg lady. This is quite just, the derivation, I, by the way. Well, how do we get talking about this? I don't know, <laughs> but, but I, should, I should tell you, by the way. Uh, oh, my Kenzo, my 
Kenzo wants to have some some of us on either uh, next. Oh, some of us, weekend. some of us, huh? <laughs> well, he wants to do a movie night extravaganza. He wants to do a movie night extravaganza crossover, and I'm sure everyone's. But, but right. he wants to do a That's mondo. Cool. He wants to do a mondo film. For that. Young for uh, John oh, Waters. Sure. Got a lot of John Waters stories because I've been his pen pal since I was. 13 i think I've been all right so I'll, I'll ask uh i'll ask kenzo if he'll do it i'll ask kenzo if our, we have we have another show that we do i don't know where the echo is coming from but we, I, we have another show that we do that... the show now sounds like my head feels right now <laughs> oh my god Bonnie, you're the thing Oh, Sorry. Not, that, that wasn't the uh, that wasn't the aqua boogie. That, aqua wasn't, boogie. Me, that wasn't me being shady. I was about to put a drum beat on it and call it a song. Yeah, it was. It was doing I, right. wasn't, I wasn't trying to be shady. That wasn't the uh, funky no, Parliament was... George Clinton uh, let's, remix let's of the show. Let's take calls right now. We're on <laughs> <laughs> Buffalo. You're on the air. <laughs> let's be Larry King right now. We're standing by. Let, let's be Um <laughs> Washington. You're on the air. Before we get into the bad you remember, reviews, you remember Larry King a... one year before he died, just destroying Dave Rubin. By the way, oh, he, there's a clip where Larry King just he I, know. A, I don't. I don't there's a, so there's a oh. pot, there's an episode of Larry King's, or I don't remember. Michael Brooks covered this, and it was the funniest thing in the fucking world. I'll Wasn't I'll Larry play. King like 92 or something at that point? Yeah, he had better things. Yeah, to do? Okay. He had like yeah but he had, he had Dave Rubin <laughs> on for whatever reason. He had better things to do, which yeah, is what I, made it so funny. I need okay. to, I need I need to play this at the end of the episode. He he takes a call in the middle of Dave Rubin interview and go and it's his son and he's talking about baseball stats and every and Dave Rubin is clearly <laughs> Dave Rubin is clearly infuriated and is like so I, I so I edited that episode of Michael Brooks show when they did that so the last Michael Brooks uh, live show he did that so I, I don't remember I think it was Mike Racine did that bit when because I, I was there filming it like I was working oh, with wow. Michael. and they did that same bit where um, Mike Racine didn't tell him. And then took a call in the middle of talking to Michael on stage. Oh, that's good. That, that's good. That's a good like old. That, that's like that's like a, uh, a, a old theater bit or something. Yeah, that's right? a power. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's a total <laughs> power move. He just but an old like, show bit. He was like, he was like, hey, 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 and Michael, had, Michael had to stop talking. Yeah, and no. He did that on Letterman, like right in the yeah, middle, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. just and was like, sorry, and I was like, it was hilarious. He got the news. He got the news that someone got signed to like the Angels or something. Like there's a whole thing, and he's like, and Dave Rubin is trying to get him. Yeah, but the Dave Rubin is clearly trying to get him back into the conversation, and he's like, "Wow, I'm doing something important." Yeah, (laughs) that happened to me when I was a music journalist and I was interviewing Psychedelic Furs. He got like Richard Butler got the a call or something in the middle of a live interview, and he just took it. And I was like, "We're just gonna tape this because it's live and it's." Hilarious. Oh yeah, yeah, nothing important. Yeah, it's fine. So boring. Now, one thing I wanted to bring up before we start talking about bad reviews. Every time, like Ebert, Roger Ebert, you know, he's the king of critics. Everyone loves him. Well, well, here's the thing to remember: he is the screenwriter for a failed sequel for beyond the valley, beyond the valley of the dogs it sure is this is a man sometimes it's like that whole thing of critics don't create they criticize just know that he made one of the worst movies ever and he's considered the top critic so when well, he starts ripping he's... apart the thing just know he is not a horror person he doesn't yeah. understand the culture 
he doesn't get the whole, he just thinks it's gory for teenagers to throw up at. And yet he wrote Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Well, but he's just a man who really loves big titties, really is what it comes he's down to. He's a Russ Meyer wannabe. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, I mean, I mean, he is a good critic, but just keep in mind, critics don't know everything. So I just yeah. felt so bad when the thing got lambasted by critics for just being a hack film when in fact it's such a good film. Well, I think it's been, yes. come on. At this point, hasn't, has, hasn't culture recognized the fact that this is an important film? They sure now, have a letterbox. Now, but I mean, that yeah. didn't help John Carpenter's career. It almost ruined That's his true. career and he got That's blackballed true. and he didn't have any work for a very long time because of this movie bombing. Basically. Whereas Roger Ebert only got blue balls. So, so it works. Out. I mean, I'm not going to talk about balls. I don't, I'm not an expert. But I will That's say my, that uh, it's yeah. just sad to see a great classic get totally shredded. That's my biggest like qualm in general, though, with horror and sci-fi is that they're always given bad reviews because they're always reviewed by people who don't like horror okay. or don't like sci-fi, yeah. who, who shouldn't be allowed to... Yeah, if you don't like the genre, why are you reviewing well, it? Yeah, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't do it. Recuse yourself like the Supreme Court is supposed to. Anyway. Yeah, I yeah. will. I mean, I, I was a movie critic for a very long time, movie and TV critic. And I tell you, uh, I only uh, would uh, write articles about genres that I knew a lot about. I wouldn't go in there and, and talk about a, like a sports movie. I'm not going to review yeah. a sports movie. I don't it's know anything about sports. I don't care yeah. about sports, so I'm not going to review that. But horror films, and I think specifically, not to pull the gender card, but I think there needs to be more women, more people of color, um, more people from the gay community doing reviews on horror because they bring up really, especially these young directors and new movies, yeah. bring up yeah. a lot of great themes and characters and stuff that straight white dudes aren't necessarily. Not this group, but normal yeah. straight. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about like fifty-five yeah. to sixty-five. Normal. <laughs> when I say yeah. you're not normal, that's a compliment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. take taken as such. Yeah. Yeah. But then also, but by, by the same token, this is a radically different conversation. But uh, yeah. there's certain movies like that. Uh, was it Titania? I, I saw that and I was like, you know what? This was good, but there's too many ideas in it. And honestly, if the if if the person making it wasn't who she was, I'm not sure if people would have given it as much glory and attention. But I did like it. It's just like it's one of the well, few movies. Like I wish you could farm out some of the ideas for this movie for some of these sure. other movies that have no ideas because like sure. there's almost too much going on in this, and I love it. Even yeah. though it's like like oh, it's like millennial Cronenberg crash. Yeah, well, but also, good. There's a lot of critics out there now who have zero background in film history or film. They never take it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a blank sheet of paper. I was going to pull an actual sheet of paper out, but it's a blank sheet of paper. Yeah, yeah. like I care more about people. Thank who you, love Andy. Film. Like I care more about this group's opinion about Andy with the assist. You guys love mm. horror and you know horror films yeah. inside and out. Then I would like a regular movie reviewer who doesn't give a shit about horror. I'm not going to care what he thinks, but I care about what you guys think. Well, we, we had this. We had this a, a pretty similar conversation. I think a, a few months back, we had a uh, Deborah Vahores on on and who just did that movie Thirteen Fanboy Voorhees so, Voorhees Deborah Voorhees. I was going to say I was about to correct you, but I I, I was like I know Andy Wilson. So you know I, I messed up a Voorhees last name. So so, so he came on to talk about you know. <laughs> directing uh 13 fanboy and we had a whole conversation with her about you know fans within the horror community specifically fan culture like you know her role in friday the 13th the fifth i think right fifth one 
Um, like something like that. Yeah, I think it was Friday the Thirteenth Five. <laughs> like, like the her movie was literally a, a horror, like a slasher film that you know. And and I'm not I'm not gonna lie. The first time I watched it, I didn't care for it as much as after we had the conversation with her. Uh, I was like, oh shit! Like this was actually a really good conversation. Like we had um, an incredibly interesting like discussion about this movie, and it lasted for an hour. You know, way less than any other episode we've done. But um, no, like, and and it was. Did she only was, gave us like what a half hour or forty five minutes. Yeah, and then she stayed on for an hour and ten, I think. But um, like that. yeah. Yeah, but, meanwhile, yeah, I think what was our aliens yeah. podcast was the, the alien oh podcast God. for four hours. It's <laughs> still going. It's actually yeah. still going right now. Yeah, yeah we never stopped. <laughs> um, no, so I, I found that conversation really fascinating. But what, what that movie kind of uh, showed me watching it is that, you know, because they went to real conventions right before the pandemic hit. And, uh, and you know, the, a lot of the people in that are like just fans that happen to be there. And the movie is about horror movie fan culture, like a guy that is really into slasher movies comes back as a slasher and then goes after his favorite horror movie characters, like pretty much is, is the plot of it. Um, right. But like realizing that like, no, this is something that number one, people are incredibly, um, uh, and, and she said she's never had an experience really besides she has some guy on Facebook that like, I guess she got the idea because some guy was texting her being like, you know, threatening messages or whatever. But like, besides that, she said her experiences have all been good, but like, this is its own subculture, right? Like this is, and, and the internet really has made that very possible, right? Like everything has a sub mm -hmm. subculture when it comes to films, when it comes to, I mean, video games, when it, you know, any kind of art really, like you can just yeah. kind of find your own and, and I'm not, that didn't start online, but like it, it does kind of, come into its own uh universe mm. almost and someone um the, the long point that I've solidified by the internet like yeah you can find but, but like, all the, your the, the, the macro point, the the macro point i'm trying to get to um, the macro yeah. point i'm trying to get to within this is that um someone like roger ebert might be someone that does a very good job um talking about like whatever film is is best rated that year or like whatever film is going to win an Oscar that year. Like, but you know, and it's been criticized a, a whole bunch with him. Um, like slasher movies were not like Ebert or Cisco. Like they, they had no, you know, they had no uh, uh, really uh, anything to say besides the same thing over and over again. Like, Oh, this is the same thing as um, you know, this last slasher movie I watched, but yeah. there are, you know, thousands of people that really care about that as a genre that are really into that as a genre. And in the same way, it just feels like, um, I, I mean, I do like that the internet's kind of given people the opportunity to actually say, hey, these are movies that I like in the subgenre of horror that I like. Like, I'm into right. this. Let's talk about that that way. But I think mm -hmm. that there's always going to be blind spots. And it's it's interesting. And it's interesting that you can kind of just see that now. And I mean, you know, they're both passed on or whatever. But like the the heyday of, uh, of slasher movies, Siskel and Eber kind of reigned at that point they are but like so 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 first of all on that first point i think it's a lot easier for subcultures and subgenres to be able to have their community and find their people which is beautiful and amazing and yeah. one of the best success stories of the internet but by the same token uh, siskel and ebert weren't this like hegemony of, of just stayed conservative values or anything along those lines no it's they, just just had, they just had a complete and utter blind spot towards anything yeah. genre yeah i agree with that but the point that i'm trying to make is that if you look at a lot of the stuff that was not genre films uh, horror sci-fi especially uh, i mean ebert was ahead of the curve 
for a lot of stuff. Ebert more than Siskel, uh, to be clear. And we could talk about the relative merits of both and why that actually was a great pairing and why that was a good show that was actually very important for criticism and movie watching at the time. That's another like discussion. Episode. Let's do that some other time. I'm completely into doing that because I think it's fascinating. But, uh, you know, the point of fact is that there's certain things that, like, it's one person's opinion, right? And remember, and I feel like I'm introing the letterbox reviews right now, but like yeah. now it's a bottom up democracy. Everyone gets to have their say. Good, bad. All right, bad. We, can, we, can, we can do that. I've been, I mean, I've, been blurbed, I've been blurbed in a lot of movies, uh, posters. I was blurbed in the uh, Bill and Ted movie. I got a blurb. Because you're uh, because you're brilliant nice. and you said something funny and cool. I will yeah. tell you though, Roger Ebert did this thing uh, every year before he passed away at the World Affairs Conference in Boulder, Colorado, at University of Boulder, uh, University of Colorado Boulder, where I went to school. Because uh, I had a majorly impressive film program, and they always brought him in to dissect a movie of the time, and he would go through it frame by frame and really dissect it. And that's what his, uh, you know, he is very good at that. He understands filmmaking very yeah. well. Yeah. Um, genre, I will say that horror was a blind spot for him, but Absolutely. he did give this movie some accolades as well. It wasn't totally panned, but the thing about him though, is that he also, it's all about character development. It's all about the, the mainstream stuff, which is why people watched him because of mainstream, uh, people that it used to be an era, believe it or not, where people valued the opinions of critics where I don't think they do now. And well, because that was the only I, option, there was no yeah. other option. Well, I mean, like, I care more about what Joe Bob Briggs thinks than I did Ebert because Joe Bob Briggs sure. was a great horror fan, but also he was schooled in, in film. He had a film. Warrior degree, people. Yeah, and absolutely. he was a real critic, but he also knew the backstories and the history and all this great stuff. That's why his show on Shudder is still going strong and why it went strong on Comedy Central and before that TNT because he knows the genre inside and out and he loves the genre. So you respect his opinion. Whereas Ebert and Siskel, they banned everything from foreign films no one watched to mainstream things like Titanic. They had an opinion and they did have like the, the, the background to back it up and the, and the accolades and stuff. But it's so disheartening, though, to see mainstream critics rip apart horror or not even rip apart it, but just put it in a classification as this is for teenagers to throw up at. Like, it's just... It just makes me angry. Right. And so every time I see mainstream people put down horror or put down sci-fi or put down. Yeah, it's not for you. It's not for you. You don't get a chance. Them. It's like you're not getting the best picture. Like Rosemary's Baby won an Oscar for a reason. Like yeah. Shaw won Oscars for a reason. Like these movies are horror films for, and they have amazing stories and amazing characters look at so get out look at a recent example right like exactly, you know, right. get out the perfect example so i'm hoping that changes and i'm hoping more horror films uh get the accolades and the you know applause that they deserve because it is a genre that's very complex takes chances takes more risks and tends to show reality in a different way than most movies do so and I, and I think when it comes to like LGBTQ people, right? Like, it, oh yeah, takes a lot of risks. Um, and Blumhouse, or, I don't think yeah. Blumhouse, Blumhouse can Blumhouse be interesting. Really, but hmm. Blumhouse is willing to do a lot of character, like gay characters, and they do a lot of character trans, and like you know what I mean, like they, but not as the evil. Like that's the yeah, problem yeah. with the trans community too. Is a lot right. of times trans has been considered the villains of most horror films, and and, and gay and gay characters too. Still, I mean, like they get and they get. 
when they're not the yeah. the evil characters, they're they demonized. get killed off really fast. They're either demonized or they're victims. Very rarely yeah. are they the hero or the protagonist. So it's it's. I think horror change is changing with that, especially mainstream horror. But the thing was one of those movies where there's no romance. Right, there's no female characters unless you count the voice of John Carpenter's ex-wife. Thank God, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a female there, but you know what I mean. Like, there's when you when I I have to pitch things when I'm in pitch meetings. I I still have PTSD from pitch meetings where they're like, yeah, they're like, oh well, our you know the way we've been testing audiences are really in romance. Can there be a romance? Yeah, fidget spinners are really big this year. Can we have a fidget spinner? <laughs> Female character oh in any movie, they're always like, "Well, what's her? What's her romance with? Who's the character she has yeah. a romance with?" I'm like, "What if there's no fucking romance?" Yeah. <laughs> like, what I loved that? about the X Files, <laughs> like, 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 legit, like, like, there was no real romance in the X Files, and they added it. And I think that's when the show. It. So many people. Yeah, that, that yeah. Means, they're, they're, I, I all you want, they... but don't show it on the, screen. The two I mean, leads I mean, were too hot. That's the we problem. were shipping it. I was shipping it hard. I've got. To I say. was shipping it hard. I had so much. My first script. I'm still in different. love with the fact, and so pleased that they did get together. I've got to yeah, say, yeah, that's, that's a different. That's a whole. It would have been that's like a whole separate, that's that's a whole separate whole podcast genre. Practically, yeah. like, but it is getting 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 nice current current vibes to the Robert Pattinson Zoe Kravitz Kravitz thing, where it's like. They're getting, uh, I, don't, I don't know, I guess they put out like a magazine cover for Batman today where they're just mm -hmm. like all over each other or whatever. Like, yeah, but, um, but now it's comics. like, but here's the thing, Bonnie, there's excuse me. Uh, uh, there is, but, but, but if I meant to say like, that's now on like the one week timeline. Here's to be clear. I like Batman. I wasn't aware that movie was out and there's already fan fiction. No, I, I yeah, no. Like, so I, 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 wanted like, to, I wanted to reference that though, because I didn't know that movie was out. And then yesterday I found out. I yeah. found out from a bunch of people's statuses and then seeing that. I found out when I saw Christina yeah. post about it and I was like, oh, is that, is that, yeah. oh, okay, cool. But then like the fact that like, let's and go back like to. Yeah, okay, I mean, he's like, he's, he's going to be out for another year. <laughs> well, but, yeah. but, 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 so my point here is that like with the X-Files, like that had to play out over the course of literal years. That was like oh, all yeah, through like high school. Years and years and years, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, and now it's like, that's yeah. not even a week now. It's like, oh, it's just a day. Yeah. That was about a day. That was like now. That's yesterday's I don't have enough Adderall for the X-Files. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, that was a lifetime commitment. Like you, you were committed. Yeah. That, that was what shows. Sam and Diane. Yeah. You know, like you like, just. Yeah, I mean, it took forever for Superman and Wonder Woman to hook up. So that's but in the comics. So you know, we mm. wait, we wait sometimes when we know it's going to be good. But with the thing, I don't want to assume. When they hooked that... up, it was so amazing. McCready and the thing hooked up. Oh my when, god! When, let me finish my sentence. When when chat when chat whatever in the dog in hooked the up. Thing, we don't know if they're all straight. That's not ever. It's never a thing. So yeah. We don't know. So I'm it's not almost irrelevant. That they're yeah. all straight dudes. Before we, I I said, before we move on, I assume Tony, maybe they're not wanna, because I assume maybe they're not because I never questioned the whether they were. Or not. What were you saying, Renee? What I was just before gonna say should, before we move on to Letterbox, should we um, touch on the eye theory and the gasoline theory? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Should we do that before or should we do it after? I don't know. Let's, do it, let's do it after. Theory. Let's. Throw on okay. letterbox and then I'll go. I'm just right throwing you. it out there so we don't forget to do it. Track, Renee. Thanks for keeping the fun. And then and then after after we talk about that, <laughs> I'll play Larry King and Dave Rubin. Yeah, you second. thought. 
you thought. All right, Conan, cue it up. All right, so we were talking about Cisco Ebert, all the reviewers. Oh, yeah. we were talking- <laughs> All right, all right, Bonnie, come on, settle down. Right. I, I know there's David Bowie and balls both together, and we all get excited about it. Reacting. I know it's 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 one of the best images of all time, so I'm glad it's in the regular canon. Uh, no, I, I her, really prank Conan by doing that. I, no, it's because it always it always. I get him to cue something up, and then I just put that on. <laughs> it's the best, like it, you know, like the when the Mac is working on something, and does the pinwheel? It should be David Bowie, like you know, juggling the balls. Or it could be the the crash and Mac and me. <laughs> Who who can be mad at that? Nobody. Can no one. No one. All right, let's let's do letterbox reviews. Sorry, I. Yeah, I, let's, I, do I, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so letterbox place for film, bottom up democracy. Everyone gets to have their say. No, it's just the Siskels and the Eberts. Everybody gets to uh, opine. They get to uh, crack wise. They get to like have baffling things that they say, and all that is done. It's a bottom up democracy. And uh, the best way that, that is expressed for the purposes of this show and this bit is in the one line format. And we uh, more or less expand that out uh, and we bring it on here. People in Letterboxd are it's other film fans talking at with and to each other. And this is the Letterboxd one liners for The Thing. John Carpenter's The Thing. My dog looks at me. Me. How do I know you're not The Thing? featuring dante from the dmz series on that one which that that username is as good as the as the review frankly i'm i'm happy that nobody that you grabbed used the same joke that i made on letterboxd by the way (laughs) me presenting this fine film to my little cousin here's the thing (laughs) here's the thing people thing people me ma me ma and peepaw they used to sit me down and say, you're Cherokee. And that's the thing. You're jerky. No, Cherokee. It's a little Cherokee. It's an Elizabeth Warren reference. I, I said it in Elizabeth Warren's oh, voice. Oh, 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 so he's doing, he's doing <laughs> That's the thing. Here's the thing, people. RJ McCready has the best beard ever seen in the film. That's true a true story. fact statement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Especially when it's all nice and frozen and that's it has like the, mm-hmm. you know. It's a layer yeah, yeah. of ice. Yeah, fuck yeah. Rock solid beard. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. Fuck that's yeah. why I was excited fucking to see good beard. Santa Claus. Bro, that's the I, fucking I mean, you know, it's best like, it's beard like, in the game, the bro. Back. He's got the game. If Putin had oh. that beard, he wouldn't be invading Ukraine right now. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know. That's not, you don't know that. Didn't Stalin have a beard? No, Stalin had a beard. I'm thinking Stalin did not have a beard. Lenin had a beard. Lenin had a beard. We don't know Stalin's sexual preference. He liked cats. What? He's a beard. Well, every time you asked him, he was Stalin. That's the whole thing. Lenin liked cats. He was. He was like, "Hey, well, you know, by the way, Russia's pretty cool, right?" And you're like, "Stalin, tell me, just tell me. We're trying to hook you up with somebody." Oh dear, my mother. Several times throughout this, Chris. Please continue with the letterbox reviews. I'm trying. I'm trying. That was it. That was it. That was was it. it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Take two. Take two. Everybody. All right. Flat on the set. When you get these, are these off IMDb or these off Rotten Tomatoes? They're off Letterbox. Oh. 
They're off. That's the set letterbox. It's okay. Sorry. 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 Thing. Here's the thing, people. Oh dear, my mother. Several times throughout this, crispy. Oh dear. First read is better. Still bangs today. Will still bang tomorrow. Will bang for the rest of eternity. True. Sound Baker, five stars. True facts. Talking about he's talking about the beard, of course. Uh, I'm like, does he mean he's gonna? He's happy to bang. I know. Sexual thing. Because I mean, I'm down, but like. Go find his account and comment. I think it's, it's, a, it's a little ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah. Please yeah. clarify your letterbox comment like, of February nineteenth, twenty twenty-two. No, Russell when, when he says bang, what he means is this is the form of ideology, right? <laughs> I thought he was talking about the bangs. Kurt Russell has bangs in this movie. It's more I thought, fringe. I thought he drank three bang energy drinks while more watching. More fringe than oh my than that. <laughs> From a show. Like a shag. Yeah, it is more like a shag. I, I, I see a shag. <laughs> shag, shag worth shag. All right, here we go. The only downside about the movie is that practical effects nerds never shut the fuck up about it. Fair. Fair. And why should we? Fair. Nick, but we've you're not wrong. We've got things to say. Yeah, we've got a lot to say, say, clearly. Fuck off Nick, because yeah. <laughs> that's my... We talk about the practical effects because they're so important. And no Brown one does, puts the effort into this anymore. So shut the yeah. fuck up, mate. Also, I'd like to see these like kids that are complaining about the practical effects actually do them. I bet you. Yeah, like, exactly. Where's your movie, Nick? Where yeah. is it? Where's your fake blood? Show, show us your blood. fucking effects, buddy. Yeah. So if, well, you could, if you could give Nick a star rating, it's like Resident Evil Four, probably. Anyway, yeah, one star, Nick. Nick. I wish you could reply. You can totally reply. Go. reply. Go. I'm gonna troll everybody. Just troll these people. I'm gonna troll them up. Have a link up to this video. Yeah. This is where it turns out. Just the podcast. Come on, dudes. An average day in Chicago. True. True. I've lived in Chicago. I know that. It was windy as fuck in this movie. That's right off of my epic. That's it was windy as it was windy as fucking uh, Chicago on Wednesday when I was there seeing Gang of Four, but I got to see Gang of Four. You were just see Gang of Four with my buddy Dave Pajo on guitar. Goddamn right, it was fucking oh, amazing. Oh, so lucky! So a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, who there's a wake for at Bottom of the Hill, which I won't I won't be at, but it will for Matt Harris. That I for Matt, I, I know Matt too. I used to play shows with them. We know. So this. quick, quick, a t- quick factoid, quick trivia. Um, and he passed away. He's a good friend of Conan and I's. Um, uh, Orange. Uh, here's the thing: Gang of Four used to be his babysitters. Really. <laughs> Yeah, his mom, knew, his mom and dad were Gang of Four, and they were members. Yo, of gang of four. that is a flex. That is a, that is a straight yeah. flex right there. And Matt went on to be an amazing basis for so many bands like Overwhelming, Color Fast, and the Posies, and Orange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, so, God you know, damn. just keep in mind, Gang of Four were once babysitters. Yeah, hey, you've you done something cool. Gang of Four is my babysitter. Oh, that's a band name. <laughs> that's a band name. That's a good band name. Exactly. Anyway, well, yeah, Chicago and the thing. Very, anyway, Chicago's very, cold. These very are facts. Cold. And windy. It's and windy. windy, cold creatures. Also, flamethrowers are awesome, Jack. They Cassidy. are. They are. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I don't know why 505 Richmond got tags in here, but flamethrower with exclamation points, a great tag. 
Yeah, horror. What's your favorite? I mean, besides this movie, I would say Mandy is also a good flamethrower movie. uh, Movie Mm -hmm. as in Fury Road. Yes, because that's a guitar. Guitar Yeah, Fury Road has some damn good flamethrower. Which uh, go back to the now classic episode of Mad Max Fury Road with Kira Rossler, Oscar winner for that film uh, for the ADR. You can hear all about it. Say Aussie Pride on that. Yeah, they're making the second one right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yay. <laughs> anyway, so we all agree flamethrowers are awesome. Yes, the dog's yes. acting ability was great. It was. Yes. This is another thing this, That's this a, is very a fact about the movie. Simple, uh, review. <laughs> more dog actors. More dog actors. Was it Phantasm 2 that had the flamethrower where it was like the homemade flamethrower? Or was it Phantasm 1? Uh, yes. I remember. Yes. Yeah. That was a good flamethrower scene too, right? In- yeah. Puppet you, Master, you, one of them. There's like 17 of those movies. Have one you of them guys is good done an episode movie. about Phantasm yet? No. No, oh. no, we have not. No, and we need to. Anytime, I'll come back for that. All right. Don't threaten tomorrow. Don't threaten me with a good time. Those are good right. movies. And they're all on Amazon right now. You can watch them all. Yeah. There's Brought like, to you by Shutter. There's some on Shutter as well, I believe. Yeah. Okay, that's that's some on Peacock, but I don't know if they still are. This is the uh, longest. This is the that, longest letterbox. Uh, I was gonna say, I would love to finish this bit, but it's it's. We can, oh, we can, Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I, it's, I, it's, I, it's I have to cut these into a two minute clip. <laughs> <laughs> look, Bonnie, I don't have to edit it. It's not my problem. No, no, it's, like, it's your mistake having me on these podcasts. I'm a talker, and I have attention. No, we know it. So not my for me, not my problem. Anyway. I know, and also putting both Bonnie and I together means that we're gonna talk. Yeah, it's, it's not actually but, a big. I just flip to where the next one is, cut the review part of it, and then put it into it. It's not an actual thing. I just thought it was. It's just funny. Let's take calls from viewers right now. Yeah. We're on standby. Call in. Sheridan, Wyoming. You're on the air. All right. Well, that that cues up the after this. That cues up the Blair King thing. <laughs> oh my god. Just a bu- All right. Ready? Here we go, everybody. Just a bunch of guys hanging out. Being friends and chilling, and that's why the that's why the one guy that takes care of the dogs looks like the uh, Felix from Chapo Trap House. They all look like anyway, those all are. Look- <laughs> Before we those end, those are. I should mute everybody. I have a question that. for all of you. I have a question. Can I can I end the bit, Bonnie, real quick? It'll take like ten oh, seconds. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> take twenty minutes. Please. but go ahead. It's your show. It'll take tw- if it, uninterrupted, it only takes about ten seconds. All right, anyway. go for it. Those are letterbox reviews for the thing 1980, whatever it is. Uh, follow Movie Night Extravaganza on Letterbox, which is for us. Myself, Conan Neutron, also J Andy Worlds on there. Renee Bruin also on there as well. Renee is awesome. She needs to be on it more. Bonnie needs to join Letterbox. She didn't know what it was. She thought it was like Rotten Tomatoes, like <laughs> Afterthoughts or something. Hey, apparently, hey. Letterbox you become, review. You become the senior editor for Letterbox. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bonnie Burns, the senior yeah. editor of Letterbox, as of tomorrow. Uh, you would love it, Bonnie. Let's put it that way. Okay, anyway, I, I think you would enjoy it, Bonnie. Wait, is it quite... another podcast? It's a no. It's just an app on your phone. Oh, it's, oh, it's like wow. the only social media site that uh, I mean. I normally no uh, I don't have. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the only one I like, frankly. All right, yeah. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Sold. Wait, Sold. Just, so, just, so give me, just give me just give me one 
we'll, we'll, we'll post 15 minutes? No way. We're not going to watch a 15 minute clip. No, no, no. It's just this. It's just the first two minutes. I'm not going to listen to Michael talk about this for. All right. I'm not gonna listen to Michael talk about this for 15 minutes. I Sorry, Bonnie. No, I was just gonna ask if you guys uh, ever wanted to do a thing. Uh, if you were in charge of the universe, would you do another mm-hmm. thing movie, whether it be a prequel, prequel, or a sequel, sequel, or no? I'm gonna feel that question. Uh, there was one that it was a short story. I think somebody wrote. Are you familiar with this? Where it was done from the thing's perspective. Uh huh. And I thought that was no, it actually was really interesting because from the perspective of the thing, it was like, well, I'm trying to, you know, bring all these people, connect all these poor uh, creatures that can't connect with each other, connect everybody up. But the idea was somehow it got to like some Arizona town or something. And it was almost like a spec script sort of deal. But I was like, wow, that's cool. I would watch that. And then the thing thing voted, voted down a $15 minimum wage. And I was like... (laughs) <laughs> there, there was a uh, comic book sequel well that, that was actually kind of interesting where um, uh, Christian, the, thing wait, Christian, the, comic, the comic book guy brings up the comic book Who the yeah. Christian, Chris, 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 or Kirsten Thingama that was my no 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 keep talking I want to hear no, this but the, the thing basically uh, it falls in love with another thing oh. but then they, they have a very big disagreement of how they, they are reproducing and then at the end McCready shows up and kills them both it's, Did you just make this up? Because I, I no, was, no, this that, is a dark horse comic. I, I'm with Bonnie. It sounds like you kind of made it up, bro. This it's, sounds it's, like me explaining a like a, a fucking um a dating show where I'm like, well, there's a thing, and there was another thing. They they. <laughs> this sounds like a drunk person coming <laughs> back from seeing a, like a play they didn't understand. But I like it. I like the premise. I hope that was no, real. no. It's it's uh it's it's uh like three or four issues. It's it's really okay, short. It so like like it doesn't you know. It doesn't give it much chance to really breathe and explore the story like you want, but but it has just enough to be like, wait, that was kind of interesting. Wait, wait oh, okay. you know, like, like I'm not gonna sit here and be like, the artwork's meh. Uh, you know, it's it's. Well, um, kind of like yeah. I'm always a big fan of like the creature point of, of view or the dog point of view. Like I still wish there had been an episode of Lost where it was just from the dog's point of view because that would have been a yeah. great episode. Was that Disney Plus series exactly? Well, yeah. you know, yeah. Why we is Disney dog. Plus not platforming dog voices? I don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, have I mean, dogs. they had Hawkeye and they did not do a pizza dog episode. I know, I know. <laughs> That's for the con. I mean. That's a whole other discussion, but I'm down with the creature point yes. of view and anything. So I'm down with that. You, oh, got, you guys ready for uh, this? Sports I'm not. I was hoping he'd forget, but here he is. Right. Oh, by the way, if you <laughs> want to find me, okay. <laughs> it's not going to be 50. Ass can I feed the cats? I'll feed the cats. Put this on the speaker so our guests can hear this and enjoy. But that gets to what you were saying about this sort of of, uh, partisan way of just, you pick your side and that's sort of where we're at. And these guys aren't going to dinner with each other anymore or any of these things. I can't, uh, you don't want any Republican moderates. God, he's just hanging alive. I with a lot of them. New York Herald Tribune. (laughs) There's some great youth, Scott of Pennsylvania. Jake Javits of New York. He's a, distant, he's a distant cousin of mine, actually. Oh, yeah? Jacob great, Jonas, yeah. great man. Yeah? Great man. My mo- Oh, he's got a phone. Oh, now go. let me show you. Yeah, show us this phone. This, phone. this, this old- is... Samsung makes it. I saw... I visited that company in Korea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's oh, right now. What is happening? It is. He's such an old man. Oh, shit. Hello? <laughs> Hey, Cannon, where are you? 
No, no, nothing. Not doing anything. Not important. Let's see if you can sign. Oh, you didn't have a game today. Amazing. I got a list. You got a double header this coming Saturday. <laughs> I'm just talking some assholes. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Rewind that. Yeah. Rewind that. Sorry, I laughed over it. It's too good. You can hear Dave like whispering to Larry. Whispering. Oh, ah, come on. Ah, boo. Boo, Dad. Yeah, let's just jump to this, uh, the pitch real quickly. Before before we get to it, anyway, because we, we uh, kind of jumped over that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But while you're uh, watching this right now on... Um, Twitch, make sure you uh, please subscribe. And if you want to subscribe and help us out, and you are an Amazon Prime customer, you can uh, you can you can join uh, you can su subscribe, and it's free for you, and that helps us out greatly. Um, also, you know we're on YouTube. Like, uh, hit like, hit the um, little bell icon, do all that good YouTube stuff. Comment, get the algorithm going, so it's just uh, people to to watch our video next. Watch it all the way to the end because we don't suck. Um, and <laughs> Uh, you know, because that also well, I wasn't going out. to, but now I'm going to. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> and, um, we don't suck on this podcast. We just blow. Like That's and right. Subscribe, like and subscribe. And finally, <laughs> we have a Patreon. You know, hit us up on Patreon so you money. can uh, watch exclusive episodes. I believe um, Rand will be living as a Patreon exclusive. Uh, the bonus half. The the what do we call it? the after party? Yeah. And that's going to go up on uh, Patreon right now. It's on YouTube for everyone to see, but it's yeah, I'm not on it, so no one will watch it. So it's okay. There's an after. We got no. We we were. It got a. Uh, it got some big play. All, all, you don't all have to treat there. that like it's a serious statement. I'm no, I know. I'm just saying. Listen, I'm trying to. I'm trying to brag. We did well. We got ten fucking. Be on, be on the be on the Patreon. Be on be on Patreon.com. Moving extravaganza. It's it's. Uh, are, you are you on TikTok? Are you on? We are. <laughs> Bonnie, do you think this crew's on TikTok? Yeah. Apparently, apparently, Maybe John Renee. Ross. Apparently, John I'm Ross. I'm not on TikTok, TikTok. But, so we're um, we're we're losing. I'm the... on TikTok. You just gotta find me. It's mostly just taxidermy videos. <laughs> I'm gonna find you. I'm I'm gonna look. Yeah, I make really short. I make little short horror films using my uh, ventriloquist, broken ventriloquist puppets and taxidermy. So, good luck finding it. I'm, I'm, all over, I'm all over, you know, taxidermy TikTok. So there you go. Yeah, I'm getting my, I'm getting my I'm, stalk uh, on. Yeah, I'm there. I'm there, Joe Rogan. So there you go. You know what I mean? I'm still on Periscope. <laughs> if you want to find me there. Periscope. Wow. Periscope. I had one of them for a while. I mean, my Vine account's still active. Isn't Vine? Vine. Oh, I fucked with Vine. Yeah. yeah. I liked. I liked Vine. Vine was good. Vine. So I fuck good. with it. Yeah. There you go. Uh, do you want to do how people can find us, or is that pretty self-explanatory with our? I think uh, we do that with our closing, with our final thoughts. Yeah. That's the, oh, okay. That's the, that's the I didn't know if we were there part. yet or not. It's been a while. It sure seems like we are, but anyway. <laughs> it's been a while since I. Da, 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 da. Right, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so, so yeah. Can, can, wanted, can, all right. So now, so so hold on, say, hold on. I wanted to say, I wanted to say that. <laughs> shout out to R.I.P. to this Michael Brooks and. I know, RIP, but shout out to Michael Brooks laughing through the Dave Rubin segment. Oh, I really, yeah. okay. I every time I see that, because it's one of the funniest clips he did, 
I just think about like how I'm. It is very funny. It's very funny how little of a fuck uh, Larry King gives about Dave Rubin at that moment in time. And the fact that he feels a call from his kid. And that's amazing. Speaking of gasoline drink and Dave Rubin, let's let's hear it. So (laughs) one of and this is, I think, recent issues of the I didn't hear about it until like the last three or four years ago, is that there is a theory, a fan theory on the Internet about the thing that at the end of it spoiler alert everybody for a movie almost as old as i am that uh when childs is sitting down with mccready that he hands him a drink he hands him like a a bottle of of alcohol which Mm -hmm. he takes a swig of right and the idea being that they're going to die there but like at least they can have a drink before they do it and then mccready starts laughing and he doesn't explain why and the theory is that the bottle is filled with gasoline and the thing that doesn't understand what alcohol is, why someone consumes it or what it should taste like would not pick up that's gasoline. And in fact, child's is the thing, which is one yeah. of the reasons why McCready is laughing. Cause he knows like, well, I already knew I was going to die, but I guess I'm it's, it's, he got, they got him too. And I think that's a fascinating theory. And, and it's a, you, it's a wait, theory. Wait. Hold on. Hold on, Andy. Hold on. Oh, oh. It's a theory that made me love a movie that I already loved even more because at, you know, this late stage in the game, it made me think about things differently. Cause you, you missed one other part of the theory, the, the breath. And he fell for one of the great blunders. The, the breath. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the the the, the child fell for one of the classic blunders. Child's <laughs> you don't see child's breath. And that's that moment yeah, either. That, that, absolutely. Which is really, which is deliberate. But I remember the breath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, but the, the idea being that, like, yeah, like those guys are going to die there, but like the, the so child technically, in that case. Technically, most alcohol is gasoline. So they could still wow, urban, sure. and that's still just as flammable. So, but, in, but, in, but in this case, he specifically uh, was suspicious of he, Well, he, McCready is already suspecting that Ch- he doesn't believe that Childs isn't the thing. So he's yeah. that's his way of kind of saying, hey, am I fucked? Yes, I'm d- doubly fucked. Yeah, well, and the, it's like, that's why he's laughing because he, he already knows he's, he's boned. He's right? a goner. Like, and then there's also, like, well, it's there's also the second bone, one. Second what, by John Waters. Theory, What's the second theory? What's the second theory? So the second theory is... Um, re- not that recently, I guess, the cinematographer actually came out and said that there is what's called the eye gleam. So anybody who becomes a thing, you'll notice their eyes that go black. And in that last scene with Charles and McCready, McCre- you can see McCready's beautiful blue eyes and there's this eye gleam over him. When they turn to Childs, it's almost like emotionless and black, which the, is... The way it's shot and, especially is... Yeah, like it's would, the way they shoot it, but it the is, eyes. Yeah. And so that's supposed to represent that they that they are the thing because they've it's completely empty on the inside. And all that is why I'm team gasoline drink, <laughs> uh, and why I have not changed my username once since the beginning of this episode. Maybe <laughs> for the first time ever on this show because that's Amazing. how cool of a theory I think it is. Yeah, it's a good theory. I agree with it. I agree with the theory. I think it's a great theory. I think they're both. Yeah, they're both great theories. And even, even the like aside from the eye gleam theory, there's a very stark contrast between light and dark in that scene, yeah. as well. That's very like McCready's all lit up and like quite heavenly, but Charles is very like he's <laughs> when you look at him, the lighting is very dark and it's almost like he's in this dark corner 
you know, it's kind of like a subtle nod to something else is going on here. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Murdering people with alcohol gasoline. That's a good way to go. Yeah. I told that to my bandmate and uh, movie next extravaganza alumnus, Tony Ash, which the thing is possibly his favorite movie. And I blew his fucking mind. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I highly recommend people go and rewatch it because it's one of those movies that you think you know everything from it. And then when you rewatch it again, you discover things, you pick up on things that you didn't before. So I highly yeah. re recommend at least watching it like every other year. Or so that's I watch it every year. That's my, January movie I like to watch. Here's another thing. That movie came out in the summer. And I do wonder if it came out in the winter, if it would have done a little bit better. I don't better. know why. Oh, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Of course so, there's something to be said about movie releases. But of course, now with the plague, you never know. So they come out when they come out. <laughs> well, I think hey, let me say the old folks. It goes to show you never can tell. You never can tell. By the way, was there there wasn't very much merchandise that came out with the thing until much later when it became a cult mm. classic, right? Well, that was that McFarlane yeah, action figure, right? If yeah, I the McFarlane it. action figures, and I think that was it. And then obviously it turned into I, I'm sure Funko has bobbleheads. Well, stuff. I think you know. Have you do you follow that account, Needful Things? I love Needful Things. They're they, 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 do, they make action they, figures that don't exist. Yeah, and they have a thing one. Yeah, yeah, that's a really great. I that's wanted a doggy stuffed animal. I, <laughs> Joe, Joe, Joe Biden wanted to weigh in here. Well, apparently, he does. Yeah. What? Yeah. You know the thing. You know. Self-evident. Sounds corny. Not a joke. Think about it. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the. You know the thing. You know how we talk about it. Are we the people? You know the thing. I really wanted that to have like a clip of the thing. Is it just that? Yeah, you yeah, just change the visual. It was, the, it was like, you know. Yeah, it splits open. Yeah, I was doing, I was doing last. I was doing last minute stuff like for this episode, and then was like, mm. how can I work this into it? And then I was like, I probably can't, but I'm glad I did. And and you were right. <laughs> That's all it matters. Trust those instincts, Forrest. They're good ones. No, I I but I do like the, the thought of like they're all it's like, like a really tense moment. Well, I wanted to bring it up because there's really like all the tense moments in this movie, right? And everyone's like, how do we know it's a thing? And then I do like the idea of Joe Biden, like in that tense moment, being there and being like, you know the thing. <laughs> and that being like his full we do. contribution, we his full contribution to the discourse of this movie. They're like, huh, all right. <laughs> how, do right. We can, how do you know that we can trust you? You know the thing. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I guess. He is, too senile. he is too senile to be the thing. Like uh -huh. it's it's uh -huh. it's too far gone. I don't know. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah I don't know. I I, all right, I wish I worked it in better. I wish I had. I wish I thought about it. We, we, it's okay. We do too. I, I have faith in you. I know you'll get there. Yeah, we 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 exactly. We are all things in progress, right? It'll happen. It, the thing will happen for you. <laughs> the thing will happen for you. Yes. You can't make that a thing. You can't make that. <laughs> That's just never going to be a thing. Just stop trying to make it a thing. But I will uh, I will recommend that all of you guys do watch that movie I mentioned, Super Deep, because it is a Russian version of the thing, and it's pretty fascinating. If you say Super Deep in Russian, I'm going to assume it's an entirely different kind of movie, unfortunately. But now that I know, I know. So thank I mean, you. I could super, say it in Russian, but deep. I don't think anyone would fact check me. So, очень плохо. 
Someone will actually actively cancel it and remove it from whatever streaming service. It's no, on. I actually know Russian. <laughs> I learned in high school because I no. had, a, I had no. a no junior high. It's because Bonnie, Bonnie's a thing. To, uh, <laughs> I had a principal in junior. Bring it, Bonnie. Spasiba. Oh Jesus, forget it. <laughs> Bosh boy. <laughs> By the way, I meant I meant to say this earlier. And then I you think don't want to hear the story. Kinda, took over, took over the story. Can uh, tweet me. You want to hear the story? It's fine. You can. Conan kind of took over this answer. My answer to uh, my answer to whether you can make like whether I would remake the thing is the same as like whether you would remake Invasion of the Body Snatchers, right? Starting with like McCarthyism as a concept, like the same kind of uh, imitate. If I could come up, come up with a concept like that, right? Like where the, the duplication kind of means something different on the second time around. I, I think it would. I think that I would remake this movie based on that. I don't necessarily think I would if I couldn't. Maybe can they make a two thousands version of Invasion of the I Body Snatchers that was not- fix yeah. it. It's a masterpiece on its own. Don't touch it. That's my. That's kind of where I'm at too. Yeah, they already did a remake. It wasn't. That it's, it's yeah. you know, if it ain't broke, don't touch it. No I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't remake it. I'm saying if if you could continue the story of it somehow, you could think of that duplication as something else. Yeah, yeah. The way that I th- the same I way that John that Carpenter like, did. Yeah. Yeah, I think like it's just so great a film. I would hate to see anybody try to continue it in any any way. Like I, I definitely wouldn't try to continue that. I definitely wouldn't try to continue that iteration of the story. But if I was going to be someone that was going to like just thinking that through, like I would. If like, because it's the same thing with you know, I mean, whether it's zombie movies or any other horror genre, like I feel like you can continue that genre on without using those same characters and being like, oh, this is a continuation of that. I think it's an interesting concept to think about. Like in, in the yeah, age I of think some media. films are made for franchising. I think some films yeah need lend themselves to being you know being like evolving. But I feel like the thing is something that just doesn't need that. It doesn't need that extra to it. It's not. It doesn't lend itself to a continuation. In I guess. I guess my my pushback would be that it is itself a remake, in a way. You know what I mean? It is. No, no. It is. No, it is a remake. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So I think that that you could find a way to do a um, a uh, social media iteration. I think if you really if you really wanted to, I'm not saying you should. I'm not saying anybody should. But I'm saying like conceptually speaking, if you wanted to do not remaking the thing as a movie but like if you wanted to take that same universe and hear me kind out. of hear me out the thing but they're russia bots <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say the thing but prestige television series with scarlett johansson as a thing yeah they're the thing but see they're on grinder <laughs> but on drugs <laughs> i was gonna say the I thing but on meth like breaking bad. Or maybe we maybe we make a, an original. Maybe we make the original film with the Norwegians only, and it's yeah. subtitled. There yeah, like uh, like how uh, what which what is was what it, the um... 2011 one was. So the 2011 one was half the team are Norwegian because that's right. the prequel to this one. So. Yeah, but it'll exactly. be uh, it'll be like Lilyhammer. We'll have Silvio Dante in there for no reason whatsoever. It'll be great. <laughs> you know, I, I also have to we forget that a lot of times it's not up to the creator because a lot of times the creator doesn't have full control over the stuff. It's the studio. The IP. So yeah. That's yeah. why you get so many bad prequels. That's because. With the same characters over and over is because stu- there's somebody at the studio or like, hey, there's people pay money to see that guy again, so let's just yeah, make a this works. So let's again. just do it again because it's easy. So yeah. keep that in Bonnie, mind. Bonnie, Bonnie, I, I, 
my my friend, I love you so very much. I don't want you to feel like going away from the show that you didn't get to tell the stories you want to tell. So oh, did you want to tell that, that earlier story? Because I want to hear it. They don't need to subscribe oh, to your substack. I want you to wonder why I know Russian. I mean, I, had a I may have heard this story, but I mean, the I audience certainly it. has I'm it. sure I've yeah. seen Plus Simpson so much. I don't know who I've told this story to. I just, but. look, I'll railroad these guys all the time. I don't want to railroad. No, it's, uh, I had a, I, I, I'm a product of the eighties. Like I was in school in the eighties and I had a principal who was obsessed with red Dawn and he, the movie red Dawn, the original, the, the, you mean the documentary, the documentary red Dawn. Right? Yeah. yeah. When Russians invade Kansas and he thought it would happen to us. So we, for three years, we were taught Russian <laughs> just in case, just in case. And so just in case yes. they come. Uh, and then I continued on with learning Russian because I, I was fascinated with spy culture. And so I just kept reading and also like literature and stuff. So I was, I learned Russian. I'm, my Russian's pretty bad. I can talk to cabbies, like I can talk to Lyft drivers. And I know when the subtitles are wrong <laughs> on a movie. <laughs> so, and you can talk trash to bots too. And, awesome. and I know when Google, I know when Translate Google is not working properly. Yeah. And I know a lot. Yeah. Of yeah. So I, I know enough to get by in prison, probably, but that's about <laughs> it. Which I think, really, that's all you need to know any language enough for. Body that was, that was behind bars. Yeah. That was me with Spanish when I got out of high school. Yeah, I, I took prison Spanish 4, which was technically the fluent drinks. class, but I was not fluent. Yeah, and being able to order <laughs> drinks in that language drunk, I think, is also a good skill to have. Uh, it's, same. Yeah. I say, Cuba yeah. Libre. Cuba Libre. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuba yeah I, know, I know enough Russian. I know when subtitles are wrong. But yeah, I, uh, I, but that's just, you know, it, it's funny how movies can affect the public educational system in, in the Midwest. It is, yeah. yeah. I mean, all, all the Russian I picked up was all like literally dinner table Russian, which is just like when people get too drunk that they forget to like even bother to speak English anymore. So yeah. it's like I picked up all I know how to like a champion. Let's be clear, like order and like deal with like a dinner table and including increasingly drunken. We're toasting the parents. We're toasting the grandparents. We're yeah. toasting the uncles. These ones over there, they get a toast over there. All that I can keep up with. Anything that has nothing to do with that, nothing. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, a, blank, it's a blank sheet of paper. But, but, but the, the movie that I was mentioning, it, it is in English. So you don't have to know Russian to exactly. watch that movie. So, so, what, so what the is thing bon story, Bonnie? Deep Impact, I think is what it was, right? No, it's yeah. super deep. Oh, right. It's not a porn. Super. What was it? Deep. It's not a porn. <laughs> super deep. 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 Uh, super deep. It's on Hulu. I don't know where it is. Don't, in Australia, don't worry. Don't worry. We are in I'm there. Sure I'll be able to find it. It's a really good movie, and it does have. It, it feels like the thing. It's very thing by. It takes From my 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 thing that I was trying to lead up to with my your thing your, your thing that, your thing. My thing that I was trying to lead up to with my uh, pitch about how I would remake the thing is that it would be the opposite story. And the vast majority of people in that society would be the thing at that point. So it would have to oh, be. Okay. So they've called yeah. They're yeah. Calling. Like it would be, it would be after. That could be a sequel too, right? That could be yeah. like, like the third film. I mean, isn't Prome Alien Prometheus, isn't that in the ice as well? Well, now I don't want to make it. Uh, <laughs> uh, There's a lot of ice horror movies. It's a very strong genre. Now, that you've, compared, now that you've compared my new movie that I just pitched to you guys to Prometheus. <laughs> to Prometheus. And you're how, out. Do you not know how Hollywood works? You could repeat things over and over and over. I mean, half the movies that are out now are repeats of other movies that came out. They just rip off the plot. Yeah, so. but I'm trying to do something different. Yeah. You know? 
I mean, that's and, one of the reasons I liked Free Guy so much, which is the, and, literally and probably the only time Free Guy we reference on this show, but I liked it a lot. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, Free Guy. That was a good one. Yeah, it was, good. It was inventive. Cool. It was interesting. It was new. Like It's on, it's on Disney right now. They called yeah. it, but they called it the thing. I was going to call it the thang. The thang. Here's the thang, people. Here's the thang. In ice, it could be in the Appalachians. The whole hillbilly versus alien thing. We could make about ice the government agency, too. Yeah. I don't think there's enough westerns with aliens in it, so go for it. Hillbilly versus oh alien would be. I would, watch, down, I would watch the uh, fuck out of Hillbilly versus Alien. But you know I should go to Final Hillbilly. Thought. So Cowboys versus Aliens, the sequel, no one. That was the asked. worst. Anyway, I may be the only one who liked that movie. I, I like it. No, no. It's you and me, Bonnie. It's like, just I like bad it enough. It's just bad yeah, enough. I didn't watch it. I just it. thought that was a new concept you came up with. No, it's a yeah. comic book series that's really good, by the, the way. The comic's way better. Yeah, yeah. comics are great. Yeah. I loved Harrison Ford playing a surly cowboy. Like I would was... love to see him do that again. I mean, I love Harrison. The cast Ford was good. It just yeah, there was a great, great. The movie just is missing something. Look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call point. Attempt to rest control the show back. Yeah, and say yeah. Uh, it's time for final thoughts. I, right. I don't want to go All longer right. than two and a half well, hours. Let's do it. Let's do so, it. starting with you, Bonnie. Let's hear your final fine. thoughts. Oh, my final thoughts. Yeah, uh, and and any plugs you want to you know throw out there and okay. Um, well, I don't know how to do final thought. Uh, the thing is a classic movie about scientists who trust the wrong dog and end up killing <laughs> each like other. Just like the COVID pandemic. That's what yeah. I'll say. It's a it's a cautionary tale about maybe not all stray dogs are great to have inside the uh, workplace, and if you're gonna drink, make sure you're not drinking gasoline. Maybe that's maybe that's the final thought. Uh, you can in, find- uh, in, in Puerto Rico, like the most drink because um, I've been there a bunch. The the thing that they advertise everywhere is gasolina. Like that's the name of their. It's a pouch. It's an alcohol pouch. Yeah. And the company is gasolina, and so like every time oh. you go to a gas station, it's like they have like an advertisement for the gasolina pouch. I assume it's kind of uh, I'm re- right now because of Hunt a Killer, where I work and I write murder mysteries. It's a little plug there. I'm researching the history of alcohol and how an history of moonshine. And a lot of moonshine was basically just either paint thinner or gasoline. Was yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's so, ethanol. I mean, yeah, ethanol, is- it's ethanol. So you basically, yeah. you know, you're drinking gasoline in the 30s during prohibition. That's why we can't have prohibition again because we're just going to drink more, more gasoline. Uh, and you can find me on social oh, We've expanded media. way past there. We're drinking nail polish remover now. It doesn't so. matter. Like, you can drink scope. <laughs> whatever. Drink whatever you want. High school, we drink scope. And I, I, I'm Pied a big pods. fan. Big fan of Robotussin as a hallucinogen. So that's just me. Uh, Robo tripping. Yes. My, my social is right here, Bonnie Girl. That's me on all social media. So you can find me there. And I'm on Twitter a lot. And if you have any horror film questions or comments, I am, I will respond because I never sleep. So One of the only people I like on social media is Bonnie Burton. Thank you. Aw, thanks. <laughs> Sucks. That's she my final really thought. Good. That's my final thought. All I'm right. Good. Well, Conan likes Bonnie Burton on social media. Way more than that, Renee Rune. Let's hear some. <laughs> Boo, my arch nemesis. <laughs> well, I love Renee, so Renee's my great. Yes. So, I just wanted to bridge the two. <laughs> I know, we can bridge it by saying um, I love Renee. That's how we're bridging. Yeah, me, me and Bonnie actually, yeah, we love each other a lot. Yeah, let's and start a coven. Let's start a coven. We can't, we follow each other. Coven, podcast, what's the diff, really? We are yeah. working on something. Yeah, totally. Um, 
Um, but yeah, um, final thoughts. episodes, um, all the of thing. it. Yeah, almost. Um, yeah. I think, as I said, it's a, it's a classic. It's something that I return to more than twice a year. Um, I think it's it's in the league of films like Alien, where it it's very unique and you know the it's those practical effects mixed with what I think is a really great cast and great acting um, in emulating that feeling of isolation, of paranoia and and sort of like not that lack of trust. And then you add in obviously the the thing and um, I think just all around it, it really bounces in every direction and I think that's one of the greatest, um, I guess, uh, traits of John Carpenter is it is able to tell a story regardless of that story in a way that takes in very different elements and I love that about his films and I really think that this film um, transcended the original old film in a way that, you know, um, only made it better and if you haven't seen this film, you need to see this film. It's definitely a staple horror film that everyone needs to see. Um, aside from that, Kurt Russell, I love you. <laughs> I love your beard. I love your beautiful eyes. You were amazing casting, amazing acting. Um, and, yeah, totally a 10 out of 10 for me always on the thing. Okay. Good. I don't have anything to add to that. Um, Conan? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, so this is one of the great. This is one of the great isolation movies. This is one of the great, uh, you know, who who is truly the enemy within kind of uh, psychological films, uh, and it's done as a genre movie. But as Bonnie pointed out, like it goes all the way back to Agatha Christie and you know, like mysteries and things along those lines. But it's done in a way that the the tension is taut. And like the special effects being practical, don't look age. It doesn't look like a Resident Evil movie, which I still will watch all of them. But like, it doesn't have that look of like, hey, we ran out of budget and we really need a monster at the end. Okay, it looks like this. Really? Okay, well, whatever. Who cares? Uh, there is care and deliberate nature of every piece of this in a way that has people coming up with brand new theories four years ago for a movie that's almost mm -hmm. as old as I am. And I think that's wonderful. By the way, we never talked about it. One of the taglines for this movie when it came out, man is the warmest place to hide. Oh, you're that was the trailer. The man is a tauntaun. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I love so much about this film. I love uh, the music, which we barely uh, touched on, but it, the music is astounding. Uh, the cinematography is you know, beautiful. All the performances are great, and this it's the little things about it that keep me coming back. And this is, I mean, Roger Ebert was a dick. Like, I, I like the guy, but he was a dick about this. He didn't get it, doesn't like genre films. Like, it, this is one of the best, like, it's astounding, astounding to me. And I say this is the guy that presented it, that we didn't actually cover this in the original Movie Night Invasion. Uh, but it also works as Movie Night Madness as well yeah. because it, it's deeply psychological and if we don't yeah. have a title sequence <laughs> i forgot to write the theme song and i'm sorry i'll do this weekend but like it's it, this is a great film and, and this is a film that ha that has aged astoundingly well 
and I love I love it. This is this is I get something different out of it every time I see it, and and I love that. And and I'm totally again to be explicitly clear, team gasoline drank over here. And I, I think there's a I think there's a subgenre in itself that you know on top of being an alien, yeah. film, which it like there's a, a duplication kind of thing, right? And I think that when it comes down to which is why I I kind of pitched my like almost social media idea, which I mean I'm not saying is like a good you know remake of it, but I think that over the course of time, like something like, first of all, like the first invasion of the body snatchers with McCarthyism and kind of communism as a concept, like it, these themes kind of come up over and over again and kind of the mass culture comes up over and over again. And the idea that, you know, uh, aliens are, are kind of coming in and duplicating us and that we end yeah. up being this like force that kind of just, you know, throughout the galaxy or whatever, like it just kind of gets replicated. Like it, I think that in so many different contexts that works. Um, and, and that's been something that's been in popular culture since like back like uh, folklore times and, and things along those lines. Uh, and, and last thing, because I'm, I'm generally terrible about mentioning this, it is at the time of this recording Bandcamp Friday, which is a day that people should buy music. I have a new EP out, Conan Neutron, The Secret Friends, Dangerous Nomenclature. Finally, finally put up the t-shirts and hoodies that I've had sitting in the living room for like, like something like five weeks. So if you want to get, if you want to change your apparel, uh, you know, or don't, I don't know, just want something else, <laughs> uh, go buy that stuff. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm rotten at this, at this kind of thing, but I remembered while you were talking that I should probably mention that because commerce and the thing is awesome. Thank you. All right, Andy. Uh, the thing I love about anyway, that's all the time. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, let him you talk. <laughs> you meanie. It's the and, uh, that's the <laughs> brutalized you on that. I do it and laughs. You do it? No. Yeah. Like I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Something about the messenger, I guess. I, I guess, yeah. So so Andy. anyways. Well, that's all the time I... we got. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just because it was how many times. It wasn't a, it wasn't a diss at, at Flacco. It was just how many times have we done it in this episode? Like not again. It's, it's... Law of three, my friend. Law of three. I've never ended a show by saying that's all the time we have, by the way. I <laughs> Andy goes. Yes. Um, I, I love the fact that this movie, everything anyway, has a backstory. Everything like, like like the characters are have been there for long enough where they're already driving each other nuts, which is why, like, when um, and I always forget the character's name, but uh roller boy. Uh, was cranking up some yes. Stevie Wonder there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wonder Boy. Um, you know, and and um, Mister, uh, I think he's probably racist. Um, who ended up then hanging out with the dog? Um, uh, Are these the new names uh, of the characters? Roller Boy and Mister probably. Nalls was the character. Nalls. I'm kind of with yeah. Andy on this though. Like, why does that guy have rollerblades in Antarctica? Oh, it does skates. seem like a weird choice for a place where you can't skate. It was an 80s I just thought thing. people were just into that in 1980. It was an 80s thing. Just people yeah. skate, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it was fine, you know. But uh, anyways, <laughs> they, like, uh, you know, he's obviously been driving the other guy nuts by blasting his music. And the other guy, like, hates the, you know, um, uh, comes really close to um, uh, using the N-word, like my yeah. grandparents describe, uh, you know, black music. Yes. Um, yes. He just like Twitch for real, anyway. Yeah, but but uh, you know it, it's it's like you can tell that he just like that ninja, and music. they're already yeah, you know. in there on their nerves, and, <laughs> and you don't need any backstory for that because they 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 beautifully showed that 
And, and that's part of the reason why this movie works is because you can see they're already starting at each other's nerves on the edges. And then as things are ratchet up, everybody gets more and more tense, which, which oh, is ratchet is quite a word for it. No, <laughs> ratchet, you know, I think Andy hits on a great point there. It, it, it doesn't tell you about why these guys are on each other's nuts. It, it shows you. Right. And yeah. that's that makes you believe it and in a way that like, you know, Bonnie brought this up earlier about like, you know, the, the, the newer, the newer slash older thing, depending on which one you look at it, like, you know, trying to like, you know, give everybody backstory and stuff. You don't need any of that for this. No, no, it's and that's duty. The line... like being on each other's nuts as you do. But no, like but so, so so I uh, bust and balls, as I say. No. So a line that I find really fascinating that that explains this perfectly is when the Norwegian guy runs through and they, they shoot him. Because, of course, you do. He's Norwegian. Of course, you got to. Um, dudes being well, dudes, like I said. Exactly. No, but no. So he's a stir-crazy cabin fever. Who knows? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it perfectly encapsulates, I think, that dynamic where it's like they're in the middle of nowhere. It's freezing cold. Like, yeah, of course, they're at each other's throat this early. The fact that they don't use it on each other, though, that line, and they use it right. on, you know, the fact that there's – because I, I really like that trope in horror movies when you see someone go crazy before everybody else in the movie. We, goes we crazy. talked about this in uh, uh, was it was it um, oh god, Cabin in the Woods, right? Where the harbinger, like the, yeah. har the harbinger moment, right? Uh, yeah. Like, and that's no. kind of what at the beginning of this movie is. Again, if you only if only they were multilingual, they could have saved themselves a whole lot of trouble. Yeah, no, it definitely like, is a hard I'm going to save the dog. I would still save the dog. So maybe it didn't matter what he was Yeah, saying. I was going to say, unless Bonnie was there, in which case it wouldn't be a three-man like, let's not Let's not kill the dog. Let's not do that. But I mean, it's yeah. not... So the guy shooting at the dog, he hits the other guy in the leg. That's when they start shooting at him. Yeah, back, but... Which kind of makes it... No, I, I would too. I, I have a dog. He's a puppy. So he didn't shoot the dog. I wouldn't care about the human. I, I, I have know. a, I have a, like, I have a puppy now. Like, I, I get sad when dogs. <laughs> yeah, I would be John Wick. I would be John Wick in that science. Yes. Like, yeah. I can't like, watch any films with the dog in it without getting teary. Yeah, and that's a, <laughs> unfortunately a big horror film thing is to kill a dog in a horror film right off that to show evil. So I don't know. Mostly a John Carpenter thing, apparently. He's yeah. Did it with I can kind of switch it off. I can switch it off for horror, but when it's a regular film, I'm like, no. No. Don't do it. No. Well, I, was, I mean, that's the reason. Like when she sacrifices the cat and drag me to hell, I'm like, no, by mouth. Fuck it. Yeah, you oh, yeah, yeah. Sacrifice a baby. Sacrifice a human. You don't even. I don't give a fuck about yeah. any of that. I mean, yeah, but I, I, think, yeah. I think a big part of the reason that that happens is because you sacrifice a human we're all kind of we got all kind of shrug you sacrifice a pet everybody is like no fuck that's the pet like which kind of says you know whatever it's a lot about our society but, i guess yeah, but yeah, yeah. you're not wrong and they i mean but they kind of touch on that in uh the sopranos like my favorite fucking show ever where tony soprano is all teary-eyed over every animal but like it comes to like killing a human he's like no nah, i killed yeah, yeah no big deal yeah, yeah like, that's, that's average yeah yeah but, yeah. but I think it's the same thing in the horror movie. It's like, yo, I'm going to feel horrific about the fact that I saw a dog die if I see, like, uh, another teenager get ripped apart. Eh. Well, it's the, it's the old yeah, yeller. It's it's the old, no. <laughs> They're still the making old, plenty of those. It's the old yeah. yeller principle of old yeller is a perfect mm. example of an old yeah. Hollywood film where a ton of soldiers get killed, but then the, no one cares. No yeah, one cares that half of like almost all the humans that movie get shot and killed, but the minute old yeller is up for execution, you're like, oh, no. It's like, no, first of all, no, how no. dare you? <laughs> Secondly, do we have to? Yeah. Right. 
Second I mean, of all, I'm trapped down a well and no one's done anything about it for, for I mean I, I get upset when werewolves die, I get upset when gremlins die, I get upset when aliens die. Yeah. I'm the wrong person to ask about this, but I Right, exactly. This, this, humans, I don't care. I I mean I rarely get it but it's the concept of full innocence. Is this the death panel? Are we on a death panel right now? Is that yeah. what <laughs> Well, I told you at the beginning of this fucking panel, one of you guys is the thing, and I'm rooting it out. And I've been rooting it out. I have metal. And 28 minutes. I have metal. I have metal fillings. I have not gotten them replaced with porcelain or resin or any of the fancy shit. I still I have, have metal fillings also. I have fillings from the 1970s in there and the 1980s that are full silver. I don't even think they're like. It's probably a mercury at this point. I don't even know. Asbestos. I have asbestos <laughs> fillings. <laughs> asbestos fillings. I have a foot of metal in my leg. I have to dig around for it a bit. But yeah, see? Bit. As long as now I'm regretting, I'm regretting the bit of not changing my username to asbestos fillings. Because that's yeah. really <laughs> rock a little cyanide cap back here. It's I got good. lots of stuff. Old school. Don't worry. We're going to remove that tooth as best as we can. Oh. <laughs> Maybe it's you. Maybe you're the thing with that joke. That's true. Yeah. That was a bad dad joke. On the 16th, I'm getting luck. multiple teeth uh, worked on. So why, why are you stalling on your final thoughts? <laughs> yeah. No, that's still my final thoughts. Is it oh, not? I'm sorry. I don't think I kind of. Andy's still trying to get it out. Final thought sounds like a so, thing concept. My whole idea is that this movie just feels very well lived in. And, and I think that's one of the strengths why it works. And, uh, you know, because like every... it's warm, because it's warm, oh you're goodness. the thing. Hi, I'm the thing. Man is the it's warmest LinkedIn. place to hide, everybody. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we got it. We got it. Let um, Andy speak for the love of God. Nope, that's all the time we got, folks. <laughs> Honestly, at this uh, point, I, I, th I don't think I can really say anything more. Anything? Anything more? Take a moment, collect your thoughts. No, I give um, you lots of grief on this show. No, but, but what I loved about this is that that the movie is very well lived in, and you don't get that in a lot of films. Like like the things uh, prequel doesn't feel lived in. Um, you, you know, uh, in a lot of other horror movies, and and, and you know, some of them are pretty good. Um, uh, you know, even like like because uh, um, I remember Bonnie, I recommended to you recently, um, Twelve Hour Shift. Yeah. It's pretty close to feeling lived in, yeah. but not quite. I, I don't think it's qu quite nails it like the thing does, but it comes really close. I'll, I'll give it credit for there, um, for, for that. But, you know, it, the thing's a master stroke and 12-hour shift is a decent horror minor movie. Minor stroke? Would you call it yeah, a minor it, stroke? Yeah. It, no, absolutely. It's worth checking out, but not like, you know, it's a, it's a masterpiece. You know, don't, no, don't... it's good. I watched it. It was really good. I appreciate your suggestion. So, okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, no. So, so, but I'm yeah, no, the, the thing this, is, though, this is a six hour shift, I think. it's lived, it's, 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 uh, you know, I love uh, the fact if you're, you create a movie and it feels like a lived in world. And, and that's pretty much my I think final it's a great thought. point. I, th I think it's one of the reasons why it has an enduring feel to it. Like, yeah. and like has brought on entirely new audiences that weren't even around when this came out. It's because it has that lived in feel and it, and it doesn't look. We did both Dunes, and I talked. I, I even talked everyone to watching the very, very extended cut, where it's like, 
here's like the video game exposition scene of like, you know, 15 minutes of like telling you what is going on. And I'm like, oh God, what a terrible idea this was when I watched it. It was the bad musical but, cuts that drove me nuts. But well, sure. But like, what I'm saying is that you don't need any of that here. Like, I wanted to David back. Lynch somebody by the end of it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> hey, uh, but this goes, this goes back to Bonnie's point of, uh, you know, showing, not telling. And yep. uh, and that's what makes this so special and cool, and why I just keep coming back to it all the times. And and again, Team Gasoline Drink, fourth reference, is uh you know that's a four year old theory. Mm. I think it's yeah. a little that's amazing, that, but yeah, yeah. Oh, do you? Okay. I, I think I heard that before. Like, but but I think it wasn't on. Well, it didn't really. exist. Just like there's no episodes of this show that I'm not on. It didn't exist until I read it. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's but what I'm saying is it's 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 recent, right? So the, this movie still sparks the imagination. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I mean it's taught it's taught in film school, so I mean, not only does it resonate with fans, it resonates with filmmakers, and you can tell in a lot of these young younger directors and screenwriters, there are thing references all throughout other horror films. So it definitely has left its mark in a positive way on both fans and creators. So which is, which is also what I find fascinating about John Carpenter is that he references these movies 20 years before he was making anything. You know what I mean? Like he puts himself in that history, like the historical context and says like, Oh, well like, cause we we've watched, I mean, um, I mean, we watched this, but we also watched, uh, I mean, we watched a whole bunch of John Carpenter movies, and every single time beforehand, he talks. We haven't about watched this. Vampires, which is a discipline in and of itself to watch vampires. Oh, is that I've the one? Ghosts of Mars. <laughs> I've watched that a few times. I've watched Ghosts of Mars not more than twice, but I have watched Vampires a few times. Vampires is fun. Uh, right? Like, I, I fun get, so what? I, so what I'm trying to say is that he. Sorry, sorry, my bad. That was my bad. No, but he puts his films <laughs> in a context of movies that you know that aren't necessarily looked at as masterpieces, right? Like yeah. that but are kind of this very early uh, 50s genre of, of like monster movies. And he puts his own movies uh, within within that context. Um, I am going to cut it short here as long as everyone's got everything out of the way that they want to say. Did yeah. you figure out who the thing was? Who was it? You don't see any, any in my breath. Was, you don't know what's me. in this drink. <laughs> it was me. I, I was the I thing. I think it's you, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. I think it's you. Yeah. It's you. <laughs> It was me. I was the thing the whole time. I, you know what? I infected like 12 people by the end of this. Yay! Uh, <laughs> anybody, my final thoughts, reach anybody. We're a thousand miles from nowhere, man. It's going to get a hell of a lot worse before it gets better.
spaceship 